It is the 19th of February and we're back with another episode of Operation Retroshock, episode 95 to be precise. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... Yeah, I'm Chris Mint. Hello. Hello, Alan. D- did you like that little shake up there? Yeah, then I was like, where's he going with this? Is he going to say, alongside me, as always, is... So, yeah, is I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna, I was, wasn't gonna let you down okay. with that bit. Did you know, by mm-hmm. the way, before we start, okay. a little Chris Mint true fact trivia, that obviously the last time was whenever it was our eighth year anniversary, mm-hmm. that this day, seven years ago, mm-hmm. that you and I were at the Doctor Who experience... To wow! The, to the very day that feels like yesterday. Yeah, so really, it, it really does. That's what I was trying to get up my time hop. So it was seven <laughs> years ago. This actual day that we were in the actual exhibit in London, England. Yeah, in London, London, England. Yes. That's scary. How long ago that is? That the fact that it was the, when it was in London and not yeah. in Cardiff. Yeah. So it is. But, uh, yep, it just shows you how crazy time flies. But welcome to the show, everybody. Good to have you all. Um, So today's show is going to mainly involve us talking about uh, Marvel's Black Panther. But first of all, straight out of the gate, and we're just going to dive straight into this, is we kind of mentioned it in the last episode that we're going to shake things up a bit with the show and talk about some things that have kind of cropped up in the news. Um, Obviously... Not the boring real life oh, no, no, world of news. What has Donald Trump done now? Because we would be here for hours. Yeah, but um, actual stuff that not only ourselves are interested in, but you, hopefully the listeners, will be at least half interested in. All the sort of stuff that you would expect us to be interested in, considering we host a show like this. So what we've done is we've got some coloured post-it not- notes here in front of us. Lovely pro- provided here by Chris. Yes, um, stationary expert. Yes. <laughs> and I went ahead and wrote my three bits of news or three topics on some, and he wrote three of his on some. And basically, I've handed mine over to Chris. He's handed his over to me. So I don't have a clue exactly what to expect on Chris's. <laughs> I kind of blew it and kind of said stuff to Chris you before. Your own water before Chris kind of came up with the idea of keeping it secret from one another. But the whole idea is I'm going to go ahead and grab one of the pieces of paper in front of me right now. I'm going to read out what is on it and Chris is going to explain and then we will discuss. So going for the first one here. And (laughs) uh, Karate Kid sequel series Cobra Kai. Yeah, have you seen the trailer for this? I haven't seen it yet, but I have heard people talking about it and the responses are mixed. Just the fact that it says sequel series, because uh-huh. this is from, like, YouTube itself, you know, this is an official trailer yeah. that shows, you know... It, That's a YouTube series, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, like, I don't understand... Obviously, it's not going to be film, it's going to be, like, an episodic thing, yeah. but you have Ralph Machayo, or however it's pronounced. Uh-huh. thing is, is that there's a guy in, in Marvel called the exact same name, uh-huh. and I always think it's him, Daniel right. Russo, but it's not, but it's him who played Daniel... And then the guy who mm-hmm. played his main opponent, you know, the one, you know, the kind of yes. the leg yeah. from um, him, the Cobra Kai. So he's like bringing that back. And then yeah. I think Daniel is. So it's kind of like the passing of the torch that they're going to have their fighters. So it's kind of the way they had Mr. Miyagi there and the other guy. So it's almost like the rumours for Creed 2 then. Something. In that Ivan Drago's son's going to yeah. fight Apollo Creed's son. Very much the yeah. same kind of thing, yeah. I'm not accusing of copycats or anything, no, don't worry. No. I think the main criticism I've picked up from online in this is that they're saying that some of the 
character arcs maybe especially for daniel san's opponent has kind of maybe been swept under the rug a wee bit that he still appears like a bit of a uh, that was a good pun i wasn't even trying but it's kind of some of the character arcs maybe been kind of pushed to the background sort of he maybe is back to the way he was at the beginning of there kind of i don't know like a lot of people seem to know a lot of stuff about you know a minute a minute and a half trailer yeah it's like you know that's why I'm saying I haven't yeah. seen the trailer oh, yeah, yet. Yeah. I'm just going by what's been said online, and that isn't always reliable. Oh, no, no, it's like cornflakes and milk—they just go together. But what um, were your thoughts on it? Did you think it looked okay? It was very surprising, you know, like because it's not something. It just popped up on my, um, popped on on my YouTube, like my homepage, and I was like, really? Oh, recommended sort of stuff. You know, yeah. but it looked like one of these things that you're like, you know, you clicked on, and then some people in like a Facebook group page that I'm part of were like, is this legitimate? Mm-hmm. Is this real? And it's just like, you know, Aye, is it a fan video or it, what? It, but it was them, you know, like and you saw them in the same room and the end shot is kind of them looking at each other. Cool. And then obviously the gym that he trains in is called Cobra Kai, which is yes. a bad guy. So, yeah. um, but no, it, it looks something like if it's on YouTube or if it's on Netflix or whatever, fair enough. But, you know, the it seems to be, obviously they brought out the Karate Kid film with, um, Jackie Chan, which had nothing to do with Krat. Yeah, and Will Smith's son and stuff. Yeah, so I think once they put that to bed and they kind of, you know, this I think would excite fans who haven't obviously seen that since the third yeah. one. We obviously had Hilary Swank in the next Karate Kid. Um, yeah, that's said about that better. <laughs> but it looks something that's interesting and something that I'll give it a go with because... Yeah, it's worth a shot. Like, it's, it's retro, but it's coming in the modern day mm-hmm. and that seems to be something that's happening... Uh, you know, hopefully we get it. In the, hopefully we get it in the UK then, uh, because it would be just typical of YouTube to kind of oh yeah or YouTube region Red lock or it or something like that. You know so so I'm going to read one of Alan's notes here. <laughs> Ready Player One Trailer Three. So yeah, this is one of the three that Chris already knew about because I kind of texted him during the week and said, "Here, did you see the new Ready Player One mm-hmm. trailer?" And he's like, um, "No, not yet, but I'll check it out." Have you checked it out since? Yes, it did look very much to me very much like the same as the second one. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of um, similar stuff in it. Yeah. So there was, but there was just a few things kind of about it that I just thought would be kind of cool to discuss because mm-hmm. this is probably one of the movies we'll do a future review on because yeah. it's coming out at the end of March, I think 29th or something like that. I don't know if that's worldwide because um, I think the last trailer said 30th of March, so they've maybe moved it up for a worldwide oh, on the 29th or something like that. Um, but there was, like I said, just a couple of other wee things about this trailer that I wanted to talk about. Number one, straight out the gate, the music in it. You know, with music of movies, uh, trailers especially, sometimes... I don't really listen to it that mm-hmm. much. It's one that, you know, obviously with the likes of Infinity War trailer, it kind of, you know, like it's really centric. Oh, but, Alan Silvestri just yeah, getting yeah. in your ears. But <laughs> I think it was more the big thing for me because it's one of those animated movies that I think is very underrated was Iron Giant and how prominent he was in it. That was one of the things I'm going to bring up here as well is, as you can see on the iPad, the first yeah. shot is... You kind of see, I'm not going to say like the Iron Giant assembling itself, but it's almost like in like a factory mm-hmm. and he's kind of putting his top half yeah. together with his bottom half. Um, but I'll quickly mention my thoughts on the music. I thought the music was fantastic. I'm a big music sort of guy. Well, being a Star Wars fan, kind of music's always a big deal to you when it comes to that. But I think it's it's a track that Ready Player One has kind of hooked itself onto mm-hmm. 
from the very beginning. Yeah. Because in the first trailer we got kind of just the tune of Pure Imagination. But now we've got a very okay. different yeah. version of yeah. it here with kind of, I'm not going to say somber lyrics, but it's this sort of, it's this girl on her own singing it out, kind of reasonably high pitched, mm-hmm. but it works along with the backing yeah. track, I feel, especially in the build towards the end of the trailer, which I'll talk about very shortly. But yeah, I'm loving the fact that Iron Giant is in this. Mm-hmm. There's so, so many things, like some people were saying, the scene, like Deadpool and obviously the DeLorean for you. Oh, well, the, like, the DeLorean's you know, a big thing yeah, for me, yeah, so yeah, it I is. I thought it would be. Um, but Iron Giant is one of those completely underrated movies. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see the character going to be getting another kind of yeah. big outing. And you have to wonder, is Vin Diesel going to be involved to do the voice again? Safe, yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Um, have you read or listened to the book or do you know much about the book or no, with things like this you know especially whenever they're announced i don't want to go in and read something or listen to something and then this be completely different i like Got to you. go kind of go into this blind okay and then once uh you're going to be completely opposite aren't you and then... <laughs> well i have read the book well i've not read the book i've listened to the audiobook because mm-hmm. obviously my job involves a lot of driving so yeah. it's the logical thing for me to do um that was probably one of the points I was going to bring up, but I won't linger on it too long because I don't want to. I'm not. I wasn't going to spoil anything anyway. But there's stuff I've picked up from this trailer specifically. This trailer has very much shown things. Not that there weren't hints of it in the previous trailers, mm-hmm. but it kind of this one trailer came out with one big thing for me. Having yeah. seen the seen the book, listened to the book, um, this came out with one major thing that. I'm not going to say doesn't happen in the book, but they're not hiding it mm-hmm. in this trailer, whereas it was hidden in the book. That's all I'll say in that regard. Um, let me see. Moving on, we have some pretty cool battle scenes in it as well. Was oh, that whenever you see like King Kong and things? You like see that King as well. Kong. We see the T Rex mm-hmm. from Jurassic Park. That's the first time it's shown up in one of the trailers, which is pretty cool. Because this is almost pretty much, and it shouldn't shock you because Steven Spielberg's the director. But it's yeah. almost like a Steven Spielberg greatest hits mm-hmm. so it is because and he's he's had a, this... he's had a finger in nearly all sort of so many movies in history yeah. um that he's just able to call in the favors and go here can i borrow the t-rex can i borrow king kong <laughs> yeah. um you know whatever he's pretty much you name it he's been involved in it there's a mario kart call out in it as well yes uh, i'm practicing my mario was, kart yeah whenever she was driving and then the car walks in there but there's that's the t-rex shot there so is which is pretty cool which oh, is right. one of the car main characters driving the bigfoot monster truck as well mm. which is kind of like the iconic monster truck from many moons ago um and we also get that oh hello we get our first proper shot of spartans which mm. again it kind of again all swings around because wasn't it spielberg and peter jackson were wanting to always do a halo movie yeah together so spielberg in a way has kind of got his way he's got halo in there somewhere you know what microsoft's like any chance for free publicity exactly but no as you kind of say the key thing for me and almost a key thing of this trailer Mm -hmm. is the delorean it plays a huge part in this and i kind of just love that now have you noticed about the delorean that it doesn't have dmc on the front of it no it has the kit light Oh, right. So it's okay. the red light going back and forward, back and forward, because that's part of the whole thing about it is this is a digital world mm-hmm. where you can kind of make whatever you want. Right. So he's like, I like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I'll have the DeLorean done up like it is in Back to the Future, but you know what? I'll put my own tweak to it. 
I'll have my own personal number plate on it, but I'll also put Kit in it, and Kit's actually in it. Right. So I'll be interested to see if we actually in the well, movie you see, in the, get the Kit voice in, and everything. In, in the set, the reboot of Knight Rider, Kit could transform mm-hmm. from one car to another. So maybe that's something he'll start off as that and go to actually Kit. You know, you know the way like Bumblebee does in Transformers, yes. and then he said actually Kit, could you make it old school and then do it that way? Got you, yeah. Know, I'm sure Hoff will probably appear in this at some <laughs> stage then. Oh, Kit please don't. Go like, please no, don't. Please don't. This is my ride. But, you, but you know, but this is the thing. You never know from the trailers we've seen. We've seen Harley Quinn. We've seen Joker. We've seen Gandalf. You know. Yeah. Anybody can turn up, really. Yeah. Imagine if we got Sreen McCallan in as Gandalf and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, that'll do for Ready Player One. But I think it looks pretty neat. Okay, cool. So, next up, I have a 50-50 shot here, folks, so let's see what we go for. Let's go for this one. Alright, so, ah, He-Man loses its director. Now, I've heard about this. Uh, wasn't it David S. Goyer? Yeah. Was involved, and now he's kind of so trotted this, off. This movie is, I've always said that this movie is like the Duke Nukem Forever of movies. Is that's, that, that's a fair shout. Is that it always seems to be, you know, they've got a script, they've got this, they've got that, and they've got this. And now, they've basically, he's left because, for scheduling conflict, because he is going to be doing the um, Krypton TV series. Yes. So that's why he's left this. I really don't like the sound of that. No. To be honest, Krypton, not to take it off He-Man, but it almost kind of been... Because obviously we've had Gotham. Yeah. Now I kind of fell away from Gotham after I second series. Gotham see season three. Yeah. It is. I have heard it has got a lot it better. Is amazing. I have heard it's got a lot better, and I would assume then because it's got a lot better, that's made them think, "Oh, let's do one yeah. with Krypton." Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it'll work because Especially from what, I, from what I've heard of it, kind of from what I've well. heard about it, about it being like Lois and yeah. Lex and stuff like yeah. that, really not sure about it. Um, but no, it's. I saw some of the concept art that had been getting thrown around for this He-Man movie, and it didn't look exactly as you would kind this, of expect. This now, movie, don't get me wrong, you can't go around like they did back in the day yeah. with Dolph Lundgren. Now, obviously, we shouldn't be measuring things for He-Man based on Dolph Lundgren or anything like that, but you're not going to be able to do things the way you know, they were done in the past. But with that, they had... You have this... This is like... Uh, Lord of the Rings and you have Mordor and you have like mm. a big world yeah. and you don't use it yeah. because they had a big massive world in Eternia and they go to Earth and they go to Earth and it's like Strickland from Back to the Future is like right fair enough but this movie you're a slacker he man this <laughs> movie is slated to come out in December 2019 mm. which A for me will not happen and no. B for me if that does happen against Star Wars Episode 9 it's going to get slaughtered uh-huh. you know I, 2020 at the earliest yeah but the thing is is that James Etoch put it uh, put it well and said, unless you show me some footage of this being, you know, like the first scene of somebody doing something, you know, don't say that you've got a direct, don't say... Oh, exactly. You haven't cast anyone yet. It's the same thing that winds me up about people. Case in point, the Mummy movie that came out last mm-hmm. year with Tom Cruise, they came out before that movie was even in the cinema and said... It's going to be a universe. It's going to be a series of movies. It's going to be the mummy. It's going to be the Wolfman. All this sort of stuff. Frankenstein's monster, and then it flopped on its face. Yeah. You had said this is going to be out in this date, this date, this date. Wait and hold your horses because it's actually the same at the minute here with Creed Two coming out. Creed Two is meant to be out in Thanksgiving this year. It hasn't even filmed yet. 
then that was the same with Fantastic Four, where they were going to do Fantastic Four and Deadpool, and they were doing Fantastic Four 2, and then obviously that died on its arse, and then they went, oh, well, actually, we'll do Deadpool 2, since people want to see yeah. that. But, no, this film, I don't think, I don't think Mike Lacey or I will see this movie in our lifetime. <laughs> and if we do, if we do, there's so much lore that you need to put in this you need to that's put it. in you need to have a transformation sequence that is the that's like saying here's optimus prime but he's going to be a robot he's not going to transform into a truck yeah you know i know i keep comparing it to other things but it just you know it, until they get a new director and then start casting and then you show them maybe like he you know look at power rangers look how well they did that was that they had here's what this person looks like this what this person looks yeah. like and then here's Brian Cranston and Zordon, and then you know. And don't get me wrong, they were different looking. Yeah, but then you've but got it to, worked. You've got to change with the times, as you say. You know, yeah. like you can't keep things. You know, the, oh, there's no, Rita's different looking. You can't have Rita looking as she did back then, no. because people are going to go, that looks really. Cheesy. And this big gown and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Don't get me wrong, I don't think Rita was the most amazing looking in Power Rangers, but no. you can't stick the same. You no. just can't stick the same, like. For example, what if Lord Zed came into a Power Ranger sequel? He's not going to be there, this guy full of muscles and this big uh, staff with a Z on top of it. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, but another thing I want to talk about, He-Man, kind of indirectly connected with the movie. Um, I watched it last week. Was uh, It's on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. Mm-hmm. The He-Man stuff yes. for it as well. I thought it was quite good. GMZ Talk was on that, so I was yeah. pleasantly surprised to see that as well. Not that I would have should have been shocked that he was involved <laughs> in some shape or form. No. Uh, they give him a demon voice at some point. Um, but it shows you, obviously, the sheer popularity of He-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is a money pot waiting. Mm-hmm. So why they're having such trouble uh, nailing it down... No, I don't know. You know, from having listened to different uh, shows and all sort of stuff, David S. Goyer was a bit of an odd choice initially, I think, mm-hmm. to do it. Because don't get me wrong, he does have good history, he does have bad history. Every director and every writer does. But there's probably a lot better people out there. The maybe, helmet. maybe this is the thing that he's left and maybe we'll get a good director now. But, you know... Keep the fingers crossed. God knows. Right, so look at Alan's now. Which says Spyro in big capitals the dragon. Spyro the dragon. I thought we'd go for um, a video game because I was looking at the thing I was like, well, I've kind of got a movie there let's let's shake it up and go for a game so this is kind of um i'm not going to say one of the major game well, mine are all newses. different as well then as well uh i'm not going to say it's one of the major game but it's, news articles week, but it's kind of cool but it's been something that people have been asking for exactly people have been crying out for a spyro remaster mm-hmm. and of course last year we got the crash bandicoot trilogy remaster so everybody was like well the next logical step is to go for spyro yeah and it's not officially announced by any stretch of the imagination or anything like that, but it kind of leaked out today that there's copyrights have been filed mm-hmm. and stuff like that and concept details that have been submitted um, to the board at Activision or whoever it is. I can't remember exactly who it is involved. I think Activision owns it, but it's somebody else developing it. Yeah. Um, but it's all submitted to the board because they have to go as stock owners and stuff like that. Yeah, sounds good to us and all. So... It is all but confirmed, really, at the end of the day. I think they said, uh, from what I read on Twitter, was that they may announce it in March time and then it come out in... September, yeah, quarter three, something like that. With Crash Bandicoot being the huge 
seller that it was for PlayStation, its year exclusivity is coming to an end, which then makes... Get which, another year exclusivity, because that is in the deal. But then that means that that could come out on the Xbox One, possibly the Switch. Yeah. Which would be great to have that. It would be very. Game. It would be a very good title on the you Switch. Know, but so I think would. that would fit in perfectly with what... And I think that's something that the PlayStation Xbox need, is more games for children. Yeah. Because I can name maybe a couple of them that have my hand of what would be suitable for children and decent ones at that yeah exactly I don't want to eat the Sonic Forces which was you know rubbish but you need like a Crash Bandicoot or a newer version of Banjo-Kazooie or something like that you know and that's the thing is that with Spyro it was so popular and obviously the Skylanders main tag was Skylander Spyro's adventure but then that got more pushed away from Spyro. Aye, it was just, we're kind of we're kind of hooking ourselves to the Spyro name. Yeah, to try and make it, oh, there's Spyro, or, you know, like, mums or dads may recognise that for their kids. Exactly, you know, from but, when they were playing, when they were younger yeah. or whatever sort of thing. But no, this really excites me. The first three Spyro games were some of my absolute favourite games. Spyro 2 is probably right up there for sort of that original PlayStation generation mm-hmm. quality games with the likes of the Crash Bandicoot games. But the fact that they're going, they're remastering it at all, I'm sure basically it's going to be exactly like Crash in the sense of they're rebuilding it from the ground up. Um, they're redoing all of the music and all as well, apparently, to bring it up to modern standards and all. Um, PS4 Pro support and all as well, which you kind of wonder how does it need it, but yeah. just it should look fantastic. And I think there's talk as well that they're going to include stuff that they originally wanted to in the game. Mm. But like I think this happened with Crash as well, that there was a level that was meant to be in the original game. Well, sure, but that's, got cut. that's the same with Sonic Mania, is that some of those levels were ones that were designed but never put into the actual game. Yeah. You know, so, like, so that's the kind of case with that. Speaking of remasters and stuff, obviously if that gets announced and then it's being brought out later this year. Yeah. What the hell is going on with Resident Evil 2? Oh, don't even. <sighs> yeah. You can't, well, my you can't favorite stuff way. is always stuck in hell. I don't understand it. <laughs> Yours is in development it's, hell. No, it's just annoying. But no, it's kind of cool because I think obviously they'd be aiming for September because I think that's around the 20th anniversary when the first Spyro game came out. So yeah. it would be pretty neat. I'd be excited for that. So moving on to Chris's final topic and let's have a wee look. New Thundercats and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures unveiled have you seen these i haven't right okay well we'll show you the thundercast one first right, am, so I, am you, i am i going to freak out here Emma? You look at this figure okay so okay. uh for everybody listening i have uh prince adam in front of me right now and then look at that see the way i knew that was prince yeah, adam well isn't it amazing whoa hello yeah that's copycatty that nearly looks an exact same copy yeah. of a mould. Actually, it, even slightly bulkier. I think it is around the same kind of size as that. But to Is that Hasbro then? I don't think it's Hasbro. Okay. I'm not sure who he's done these. I think this is maybe Mezco or something. Hold on, I've got the link on Oh, my, Mezco rings a bell. I think I've got my um, thing here on it. Um, which would say, Prince Adam can go for sleep on the table. Um, Funko looks to be continuing their Salvage World line, like those Mortal Kombat figures a while back. I know, my God, Thundercats. Uh, so the horror properties in friggin' Conan the Barbarian in tow. Funko is still working <laughs> out the details. They're pondering, releasing, da, 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 so it says like that. But with that, um, obviously that looks very different. Now, they are bringing out um, a toy fair, New York toy fair, around about February time, normally in Veils. 
things like that. Because there's a, there's a few toy things going on at the minute. They are they? bringing out a new um, set of upcoming real Ghostbusters figures as well, which look very like the original ones. They do indeed, yeah. So they look cool. Yeah, they look sweet. So is well, so. I'm sorry, Alan. What in the heck are those? Yeah. What is up with those? I don't know. And what even's with the weapons? <laughs> Hmm. Oh, never, Al- never mind the sculpts. Alan's the seen, weapons. Alan's seen the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures, folks. Um, just in case you're wondering what he is. Take, take it away from me. I don't okay. want to see it. I'm sorry. Why do you but break the, me? But the other two look good, though. Uh, bye. The Thundercats one looked pretty decent, yeah. Yeah. So, and the the Ghostbusters. So two out of three. You can't. Uh, Alan's got his iPad ready here, so this means Han Solo books. So books. yes, Entertainment <laughs> Weekly is on a run still with showing us Han Solo stuff so uh, within the last sort of two weeks since the last show uh, not only have we had a shed ton of articles from Anthony Breskin uh, of Entertainment Weekly about the characters and all of Han Solo which I've tried to avoid a great deal because I don't want to know too much details easier said than done Uh, easier said than done exactly on the social media world Uh, but I thought this one was pretty cool and you know I wanted to talk about it is they kind of released the kind of the lineup mm. for the books leading up to Solo and stuff thereafter. Because this year, really, the only stuff that's kind of been announced is the novelization for Last Jedi. Okay. And that's really about it, which is kind of heavily delayed in comparison yeah. to the Force Awakens novelization. Yeah. Because the Force Awakens novelization was like, like the day after the movie or whatever. Yeah, pretty much was. Whereas we're here a number of months after Last Jedi. Last Jedi's probably going to be out in Blu ray. <laughs> before the novelization hits the shelves. But there are some cool ones. Now, I'm not going to talk about every single book, because that take forever, because uh, there's, like, young adult novels and stuff like that, oh, and, okay. and kids' comics and stuff, so yeah. we're not going to go into those. But there is plenty of stuff for kids, know that. But there's a few here at the beginning of the article that I thought were worth uh, a chit-chat about. So I'm going to read you the synopsis for these, and I'll show you the covers of them as well, and you can give okay. me an idea. I haven't seen so, the covers of them, so it's um, So... The first thing we're going to talk about is the Last Shot, it's called, novel, um, which is by Daniel Jose Older, and it's a book that is based over three time periods. Okay. So it's because I initially thought, oh, it's going to be in the run-up to Solo, or whatever, like a lot of books are when they come out. But I'll let you see the cover first and get your initial general reaction, so I'll scroll that on up. Oh, a Han and Lando novel. It's a Han and Lando novel. Uh, hmm. But it's kind of a silhouette of Han on a very strongly coloured background. And over the top of Han's silhouette, you have... I'm not going to say like a blueprinty version of the Falcon, but kind of like that. But it's the Falcon we know, mm-hmm. with the two kind of prongs at the yeah. front. Or, sorry, mandibles or something like I that. I don't like where those uh, are sitting, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> really go, look, go look for yourself, everybody. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to tell you exactly where they're sitting. But you can see also it is... Oh, it's a flip-around? It's flip a flip around. cover, so oh, I'll okay. show you Lando. So this is Lando's cover, and you will notice... The dish is upright, and it has that in it. And it has the Falcon that we know from the solo trailer. Okay. But... The one thing I noticed quite interesting from this, when you've been watching the footage from the solo trailer and stuff like that, you can't really see, you know, you can see, of course, that the Falcon is different, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to compute in your head, 
how does that go from that yeah. to the yeah. Falcon and We Know and A New Hope? Yeah. And you can kind of actually spot it yeah. on these covers. Because if you look at that, you can see it goes in there, mm-hmm. left and right, and then... Especially with, especially with the dish. The dish is point upright, yeah. whereas the other one, it's more to an angle. So it does seem that the way it looks in Solo mm-hmm. has maybe been a modification. Yeah. Which kind of maybe goes back to my kind of theory when we were talking about the Solo trailer where Lando's standing there and there's sparks, what looks like sparks yeah. flashing and stuff like that. Are they streamlining the Falcon for the Kessel Run or a getaway or mm-hmm. something like that? But could it also be with a last shot? You know, like obviously this is maybe Han's last shot at something or whatever because you said it's done over three time periods. Could this also mean with last shot they've made it because obviously Han, the first time we see him, he shoots first. I get so that's you. That's why they've done last shot. Do you want me to give you a bit of a summary here? You can do. So um, the author of Half Resurrection Blues and Shadow Shaper has penned this novel that connects three eras in the lives of both Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. Part of it takes place before the events of Solo and focuses on Lando and L337, so that's the droid that we see him doing the little okay. kind of um, kind of hand signal with before they go to Lightspeed. Not that kind of hand signal. <laughs> kind of a salute. Um, so it's referring to Lando's droid sidekick in the new film. Part of it takes place between Solo and the New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that focuses on Han and Chewie. And that's where we get to see Sana Staros, the girl who eventually becomes, quote-unquote, Han's wife okay. in the comics for yeah. a mission uh, for the first time. And then if we scroll on down here, and then the final part takes place post-Return of the Jedi. All right. So it does, which I think this is maybe going to be the segment of the book that will interest folks the most Mm -hmm. because this segment is going to involve both Han and Lando because we have very little Lando post-Jedi stuff yeah I don't really think he was featured that much in that Shattered Empire comic which came on after Return of the Jedi but another cool thing about this as well is not only are we getting Han, Leia, Lando Mm post-Jedi we're also getting a young Ben Solo so he's going to be involved in it as well so I think that's going to be the most interesting of the three eras yeah in there for me so i'm interested in that the covers you're not a big fan of i, I like the fact that you you know you, you can flip you turn it. it around i'm more a fan of the lando one than i am the hand one because it's on his back whereas han it's on his front got you looks a bit so would you say would you feel the third part's probably the one that would interest yeah, you the most thir- the third part you know because obviously Return of the Jedi is my favourite movie so and The Force Awakens I love so to see that kind of you know like a bit of bridging the gap in there and having some bit of information of what happened you know especially with Ben Solo is this going to be whenever he's born is this going to be whenever he is, you know, is he two three yeah, what age is, is he going, is this going to be whenever he gets taken to um, train with Luke because you know no matter what age you are apparently Yoda says you're too old to begin the training look and at Anakin and Skywalker it could, and it could give us a glimpse at why Lando hasn't appeared in yeah. the sequel trilogy not that I'm saying Lando is dead or anything like that mm-hmm. but it could kind of show us exactly whether he's still involved in any shape or form with the Resistance or whether he's 
went off that and could be looked after number one. That could be something that you may see in episode nine, come to think of it, is because you may not have Poe in charge. to be like, well, Poe was going to be in charge, and then an old general came back. I would like, to, know, so. I would like to see Billy Yeah, B. because he's the only one out of really all of them that's alive that isn't there. Can go. You know, you know. and I think JJ may go, you know what. I think with... You know, with the trailer having came out there not too long ago, and the excitement everybody has had mm-hmm. for uh, Donald Glover as Lando, and he didn't even say a blooming word in the trailer, and everybody's no. like, "Oh, I want the Lando movie now." Yeah. Um, but then we get a Lando movie, and then everyone would crap all over that. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> but you never know; it may make them just think about, "Ah, oh, we'll we'll put him in episode nine. But there are a couple of, I think it's uh, con exclusive covers as well oh god every bloody time i know you like your con information but there is a chewbacca one and then an l337 one that's good i like how especially the way they've done that with that i actually prefer those covers over the, the other alternate ones. covers yeah, yeah because that, was, that was funny those are the ones that jumped out at me more they're more a sidekick kind of version you know and yeah yeah i, just, I think that one looks that one there for me if they were sitting on the shelf i'd go for that one over the, the yeah. other ones to be honest with you Nice one. So that is last shot. Moving on, then we have um, now. This is one of the young adult novels, but it kind of the reason why I wanted to talk about it again. Is it backs up what one of the things I said when we were talking about the trailer that there was the shot of both Han and Kira, mm-hmm. the Amelia Clark character in a Speeder. Yeah, and they definitely didn't look exactly like they look later in the trailer. Yeah. And I said. This is probably them. It's a flashback when they're younger. This confirms. It's called Most Wanted. Um, and it's about them when they're younger. And it, But it also confirms that she is also um, a Corellian. Okay. So she, is, so she is also from the planet Hannah's from. So it's a case of they have probably known each other they're from young kids. They're probably brother and sister or something and they'll get off with each other. Oh, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> um... But yeah, that's that's the key thing that stands out from that one is the fact that it confirms that they have known each other since they were young. Into your realm of interest, and I will flip the iPad around to show you. Lando oh, comic. Okay. So we've had a Lando kind of solo series not too long ago. I think what was it like a four or five issue arc five or something issues, like yeah. that? And it was actually very good. I like the way that it says Barnes and then TBD three times below it. This comic is what we were kind of surmising that we would get something for, that would lead us into Solo. This is going to show you what Lando was doing just in the build-up to the Solo It's a really striking movie. cover, but I, I always love the... Like, my friend Dave's always in the big end of them, like the movie variant ones, where you'll have, like, Donald Glover on the front of it, and I always think, if that's a possible sign-in, that always looks good, but there's always so many different... Especially with Marvel things now, there's always, like, about four or five different covers... Yeah, no, we're not talking about that one. No. Don't panic, don't panic. Uh, that was one of the kids' ones. Two final ones to talk about, and we'll talk about these very quickly because we want to get on and talk about the juicy gossip of Black Panther for you. And these are probably two books that you and I will probably day one purchase. And first one being The Art of Han Solo. Yeah. Or Solo, sorry. The Art of Solo. By the same guys that have been doing the art books for Last Jedi and Force Awakens. I think that cover looks fantastic it, 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 he looks very Nathan Fillion <laughs> they got Han Solo not Chewbacca Chewbacca's face looks a bit weird Chewbacca looks so like Nathan Fillion <laughs> he does um, but yeah there's not now. much really to say about that you know that's going to be a fantastic book yeah. so it is just for the visuals mm-hmm. never mind the little kind of bits of nuggets and information that we'll get uh, and much like with the Rogue One standalone movie 
Uh, unlike with Force Awakens and Last Jedi, where we got both, what is it, um, cross sections and the visual dictionary, mm -hmm. the solo movie is going to do what Rogue One did and kind of combine the two of them oh, into okay. an official guide. So we're still getting yeah. kind of a cross sections and a visual dictionary version for it as well. So we are. And you'll notice on the front of that, the Krillian Hound. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's weird looking. He looks a bit funky, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like something out of a Guillermo del Toro movie or something like that. That's very strange. But we shall see it all in due time. But that's it for our little experiment. I hope everybody has enjoyed that because I enjoyed it. Well, we're kind of going to go from one experiment to another. Now. I see what you did there. Yeah, because obviously since we last kind of recorded, you know, like I've got big into the convention circuit and things like that. And now... Um, I will be attending some conventions this year, mainly Heroes and Villains, which is in May in London, and uh, London Film Comic Con, which is also in London. So I've also asked Alan about this, and Alan's fine with this, so I was just going to go through... No, I'm no longer fine with this stuff. ...some um, <laughs> people. Now, obviously the big one that I showed Alan, and then Alan was like, what? Was that um, for London Film Comic Con, two of the big announcements that they did... Um, this past Thursday was Ray Fisher who pay, plays Cyborg in Justice League that's going to attend and also Peter Capaldi who you'll know from and they put like the thick of it Doctor Who and Paddington um, just in case we have just, any just, Paddington just for the third there. there yeah yeah so um, he will be attending um, I've already got my photo shoot book with him for the Saturday which <gasps> is £65 so I'll be meeting him and Pearl Mackey on the same day. Are they not doing it together or anything? The thing with that is that I've purchased, now this is something that I'll talk about in a sec, that um, his photo shoot is £65 and his autograph is £75. Wowzers. Now, 75 and 65 comes to 130 okay? Okay. Okay. Then you have like a talk, which is only for Diamond Pass people, which is £20. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 130 and 20 makes 150 Okay. His Diamond Pass, which guarantees you an autograph, a photograph, a mug, and a uh, the talk. No, I did say this was not two hundred twenty-five. That or is correct. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So you're basically paying about sixty odd quid for a mug. And priority, basically. Yeah. So that means you're guaranteed yeah. to get it. Now with Benedict Cumberbatch, that was a different kettle of fish, fish for me because it's Marvel. Yeah. You know, like, and you know, after seeing him on Doctor Strange, don't get me wrong. The reason why I loved this last season of Doctor Who was because of Pearl Mackey, and I have a diamond pass for her, which means, but it was. 35, 35, uh -huh. and the diamond pass was 95. Okay, so yeah. You know, it's not so drastically still, over the price. I still have it. a talk to go to as well. Yeah. But this means that I'm guaranteed to get an auto and, you know, obviously get my photo. But it means because I have the diamond pass and he has that, they haven't done, they haven't said they're doing a, a duo one. Yeah. Which I don't think they will. They are doing a duo one with Jason Momoa and um, Ray Fisher as well. Um, but another couple of big ones for Heroes and Villains for me was that David Ramsey, who plays Diggle, has been announced for that, and Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity, has been announced for that. And my heart. And Chris just, is a very happy man. My heart just sang <laughs> because, you know, like this is the first time as well, apparently, that London will have original Team Arrow. Now, you can also buy, um, because you'll have Diggle. Felicity and um, Oliver yeah. there. So you have the three of them and this is the first time that they've had that. Um, I'm going to go for mine separate because right. it means that I have you know like a photo with each of them yeah. rather than having one together. Um, I may do it differently with the likes of say Sean Pertwee and David Mazouz who plays Alfred yeah. and Bruce Wayne so I may do it that way, I don't know. Um, 
Plus, it'll be your first time meeting them, so yes, exactly. having that individual experience with each one. Yeah, now, fair enough, it is, like, very up, shake hand, you know, like... Oh, I, I know. Things, so it's, it's, it's very quick like that, but just to get a photograph with them and to say that I've met them is fine. Now, the photo shoots go on sale this Tuesday, um, so, yeah, my bank will be... His right. wallet will be crying. Yeah, but I will be crying inside because of that there. Now, there was other ones as well, which I'll go over quickly. The biggest one probably was in for Wales Comic Con. Believe it or not, their big announcement was Val Kilmer. What? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, now, Simon, I don't know if you're listening, is a big fan of him, loved him in Top Gun, and obviously he played Batman and Batman Forever. Um, and you do have, with the likes of Heroes and Villains in Chicago, Chris Williams, who plays Black Lightning mm. in the new TV series, so I hope he gets announced. I need to get watching that. Um, it is good, but it's one of those ones that I have to kind of... I didn't realise it was on Netflix at all. Yeah, but it, they're doing one a week. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. So, but that's I, noticed, a, I noticed it was behind. But that's, that's something that you can even wait until it's done, and then obviously you have Jessica Jones out next month as well, where she's been announced. You know, you have so many big people like the Ultimates and Blackpool, Blackpool Hammer Convention. <laughs> I saw that. You have Melissa. I never know how to say her surname because I near enough. Are you being Supergirl? Yes. Uh, ben Weiss. Okay, well, she's going to be there. And then you have Kirsten, Kristen Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones, going to be there yeah. as well as other people. Have you seen the Jessica Jones trailer? I haven't. It didn't really do anything for me. I'm quite surprised by it because I remember the first trailer. Sorry, the trailer for the first uh, series mm. uh, of Jessica Jones. I really liked it. The music was fantastic. Maybe it's because with the first series of Jessica Jones, David Tennant was front and centre. That's one reason why... And I was like, yay. That's one reason why I watched it and then I couldn't really get into it. And then I tried to watch it again and got through it. But from what I'd seen, that they ha- he has done some scenes for the second one. So yes. Whether he'll be like in flashback things. The final shot of the trailer, if you mm-hmm. go and watch it eventually, and it was the first thing that jumped into my head. And it seems to be the common consensus with people. There's a shot at the end where you just see these two hands in front of the camera clapping. All oh, right. And everybody's like, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. You know, to her, she, yeah. they're on like a rooftop or something like that, and it's just these hands clapping. It's just going to be like, that's going to be him. Okay. But the question is, if you're saying, has he done a few scenes, is it figment of her imagination? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Not to get too spoilery on Jessica Jones or anything like that. Um, but no, those are some interesting. Val Kilmer and Wheels. Yeah. That is such an they, odd one. They have some really odd ones in Wheels. They have uh, George Wendt, who played Norm. Yeah. Um, they have... Um, Richard Carn, who played Al in Home Improvement. <laughs> um, they have Sean Astin, who obviously was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And B- um, Bob, obviously, in Stranger Things Season 2. Uh, Veronica Taylor, who voiced Ash Ketchum. Uh, Amy Jo Johnson, which Robbie is really excited for. You know, and this is her, I think this is her first European convention. But yeah, they it's, have, it's, just, it's not a name I've seen bouncing around for conventions especially no. over here anyway yeah, but that's something that I think you know like um, it is one that's I think in the university and there is a lot of queuing outside and mm. um, for depending me depending on the weather that would not be fun for me there's a lot of guests there but there's not been that one that I went I need to go to that you know but yeah um, I've got my plans for this year and the conventions I'm going is, to is there much else announced for Heroes and Villains for oh. over here well, for or were they kind of some big ones that they're kind of the big were ones, unleashed on they us? Have, they have like tons of people, which I'll just go through really quickly. So, obviously, we have Emily Bett Rickards, we have Stephen Amell, John Barrowman, Tyler Barrowman, Ho- Tyler Hoechlin, or whatever, who plays, who plays I think. Superman, yes. obviously. 
Um, a couple of people from The Gifted. Danielle Panabaker plays Caitlin Snow. Dave Ramsey. Color Frost. <laughs> uh, Katie Cassidy. Josh Shigera, who played Adrian Chase. Um, Mikad Brooks, who plays he James was, Olsen. Adrian Chase was fantastic. Um, there was a lot of hatred and a lot of things over these next one. Eve Miles. Kay Owen. Gareth David Lloyd. Yanto. Nakado Mori. Then obviously have Katie Lotz. Robin Lord Taylor, who plays Penguin. Drew Pat. Pyle, who plays Butch, Sean Pertwee, and David Mazuston thus far. That's not bad. So, I mean, not bad going. Now, it'll be interesting to see whether they try to get... Now, did you say uh, Ben O'East was at another con? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, once they go to that one, they have a three-month exclusivity either side. Right. So, so that's, they can't, she's completely there was a big off fallout. There was a big fallout where she was meant to go there to Heroes and Villains last year. I, that's, the, that's what I was right about to talk about. And, and then, she pulled out uh, around, obviously, because there was the stuff that happened in London around that time. And people were thinking she pulled out for the reason that was not the reason basically given. What, basically what she did was she put a picture up of a really beautiful image, you know, like it was like the sun and there was like a lot of grass and she all. She opened a season two or something. But the guy who runs Heroes and Villains said, like, if you say you can't come to convention, don't go on holiday. And because he did that, she went, right, away you go. And oh obviously dear. her and Chris Wood who plays um, oh, 1L quite together, so he went, nope. Oh, well. dear, so, dear, dear. Uh, but the thing is, you know, a lot of people go down to, um, round to um, Blackpool, and I think she's £60 for a photo and a £30 for an autograph. That's not too bad. So I'm sending my stuff off to Dave to get an autograph for me, and they've got like a couple of other autographs planned as well. So Next one. Next I am one. happy with that. But um, yes, yeah, so welcome and thank you for joining me and Chris's Convention Corner, which I'll make an appearance. And I think we'll take a break and then come back and discuss Black Panther. Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercats. Hi, this is Allison Court, better known as Claire Redfield. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Stan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. This is Laura Summer from Real Ghostbusters. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. 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 Thunder. 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 Thundercats. Dudes. And welcome back everybody. Time for Black Panther chit chat. Now don't worry everybody. This is going to be divided into two sections. We're going to have a non-spoiler section here at the beginning of things. And then we will give you plenty of warning when we're going to tiptoe into the murky waters of spoilers. We may even put it, we will try to put it in the synopsis with a spoiler. I'll try and timestamp it. I'll keep an eye on the recording here um, and I'll make note of it when we hit spoilers and we'll try and put it in the description. No guarantees just yet because I could get gabbing as I can. Yeah. So we'll just uh, say uh, spoiler talk in a in effect from right now. So if you've seen the film, great. And no, if no, you no, don't worry. Okay. We'll stay spoiler free okay. for the next week. I don't want people okay. to feel that they have to go away. Just go away. No, come back. <laughs> don't worry, everybody. You're safe for now. We'll be spoiler free for now. He says. <laughs> so, and this may seem a bit of an odd opening question, Chris. How was your cinema going experience? Um, I take it you went to where I go mainly as well. Dundonald. Dundonald, yes. yeah. Uh, I did, um, and it was okay. 
bar the fact that the woman and we I always get the recliner combo yeah. thing. So for eleven pound, I get the recliner seat. I get a medium popcorn, medium drink. But that was taking forever for her to figure out how to do this. Also, pick and mix. Uh, I expect to get. <laughs> he says it was all right. Here we go, ramble time. <laughs> I expect to get a, a top whenever I have a pick and mix. Right. But they didn't have any. So I will. Like, luckily, I. So you were juggling popcorn, drink, pick yeah. and mix. And why do cinema doors always. You have to pull them? Why can't you push them? That's a good shout, actually. Why? It's like people have stuff it's like, in it's their like hands. like the TARDIS. Yeah, so you come. Even out, the TARDIS, you can push the door in? You come out, and then you don't have anything in your hand, and you have to push the door. Reverse it. You know, but uh, yes, my cinema experience was fine. <laughs> Apart from that, uh, comfortable seats. The only thing was a bit of air condition. A little bit chilly for the Iron Man here. But uh, lots of kids in the cinema. But uh, they were all well behaved. So there wasn't any running around or screaming or anything. So. See, my cinema going experience was quite the opposite. Not in the sense of that it was amazing or anything like that. But the screening that I was in was actually very, very warm. Right. So it was because there was actually surprisingly a lot more people there than I was expecting. And where did you go to see it? I had a Tuesday afternoon off. Right. So I did. So I went and saw the kind of early afternoon showing on Tuesday. The day it came out over mm-hmm. here in the UK a few days earlier than the USA. Uh-huh. Um, and this it was about a 2 p.m. showing. Right. And it was fairly packed. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think the heat was anything to do with the amount of people. Uh, busier because of half term over yeah. here. Um, but no, it was fairly warm. Now, I was up near the back where the projector is and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So that's naturally going to be warmer. Yeah. Um, but no, Freddy Cam showing it was mainly actually adults. Mm-hmm. So there's a handful of kids here and there. But for a 2 p.m. showing, yeah. fairly packed, which was a good sign mm-hmm. for this half term, yes, over here. But on a Tuesday at 2 p.m., that's good going for a movie to be fairly oh, yeah, packed yeah, out. Yeah. So it is. Um, and we'll get to the box office stuff in a while. I hope you have the budget of what the movie was. As I well. don't have the budget, but I have. But I have the open, I have the opening weekend details, which are very, very impressive. I'll so look that up right now. So, um, moving on from general cinema experience, so I would say general cinema experience overall between the two of us, okay. Yeah. I did. I didn't get pick and mix. I didn't get popcorn. I didn't get drink. I uh, smuggled in a bottle of water. <gasps> Alan, I thought I still naughty. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't smuggle in a pipe of Pringles. <laughs> Uh, cinnamon's so dear. So you had a you smuggled in a packet of Pringles yeah. on top of popcorn drink and yeah, I got a free. I got a free. It's all included part of the price, you know. And by the time you pay for your seat, which to be honest is like five. No, that six, is actually a really good deal because you're talking an adult ticket in that cinema is usually about what six something. Yeah. And then your popcorn, your drinks, probably at least another six or seven quid. Yeah, so, so putting that together and getting a recliner. Yeah. It is, and you get refills as well if you want, don't you, I think? Uh, I don't think, I don't know. I'm I've, not sure, I think so. I did go and get by. I could time, be making that up. I by the time I finished my coke, I did go and get But like, this is uh, the thing at the end of the thing. day. But this is the thing at the end of the day. Are you really, most of the time, going to go out and get more popcorn, really? You oh, my God, no, I never finished that popcorn. You know. Jesus. Um, Small one, do me. But we'll get into the actual movie itself, and do you have any general sort of opening thoughts? It's kind of, kind of, very kind of, we're thinking kind of wide and open here. We're not thinking kind of specific things. This has to be the most visually stunning movie I think I've ever seen. Um, I would it, agree. It is one of those ones that whenever I finished watching, I was like, with the Star Wars movies, the art of that Black Panther movie would be absolutely incredible because of how gorgeous yeah. the screen is. Um, like, obviously, 
you know, like you can see parts that are CGI and stuff, but just whenever you see certain parts, like whenever one of the characters is talking to the the rhino kind of thing, mm. and then you know, it's just like just visually stunning, like whenever he's flying in. He's not. He, like he isn't Doctor Doolittle, by the way. Everybody, he's talking to your rhino, but he's not actually yeah, talking but to just your rhino. Visually, <laughs> you know, like even certain other parts which we'll get onto later on, but just. There wasn't a moment where I looked at it and I wasn't thinking, you know, that looks mm. really horrible. But even in the dark, like with the something else that we'll talk about, you know, <laughs> you're having to reel yourself really in. Blank. You know, whenever blank said blank to blank. Um, but no, just for me, um, one of the main things that I came out of it just going like that was, and that was what I said to a lot of people was like how visually stunning yeah. it was. It's visuals are a big thing for me as well. I think the biggest kind of general sweeping thought I can say that I had and the way I could describe this movie in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a palate cleanser almost yeah it completely and it's odd describing it in terms of you know cleansing your palate it was something very fresh well it's like giving your eyes an eye wash really yeah yeah you know it is and it comes down a lot to as you say the visuals Mm -hmm. because it is just so so different to any other Marvel movie we've seen and maybe that is partially to do with the fact of uh, the Wakandan technology they have access to the obviously sticking to not only combining that technology and kind of modern stuff but with kind of African heritage and all as well that combination Mm -hmm. works really well but no definitely as you say visually visually stunning next point did it live up to the hype or what you were hoping from it? That's a hard one to answer because there always is a hype train which with all films and you either get more, on... More so nowadays than Oh yeah, ever. with the likes of social media, you know, because you hear everyone saying, that's why I didn't want to put my thoughts on social media, yeah. you know, like because I wanted it to be here. But um, for me, it was... It was one of those ones that I'd seen and it came out and I I enjoyed that. I would like to watch it again, you know. So with a lot of the characters as well, you know, like I'm horrible with names. So with Don't worry, I've got you covered for later okay. on here. That's right. We'll talk specifically about characters in a wee okay. moment. So also well, I've, I've got you covered. That's fine. Well, you know, like it's one of those ones that I didn't come out of and go like, I didn't love it or I didn't hate it. Like Guardians yeah. 2, I was very, it was very, you know, borderline for me. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it, but I really want to watch Doctor Strange after it. Got you. But that's one that whenever I watch, I was like, I like stories like that, which are more, like obviously we'd seen what happened in Civil War and stuff, and obviously... I felt it really made you think about what happened in it. Yeah, but I think with that as well, that even though we'd had him in Civil War this was like his origin story yeah and this is whenever you know we see him with like his stuff like that <laughs> don't um, worry you can mention a ring but um, for me I always love seeing the origin stories yeah. and then it's kind of like whenever it is it is, an or- it is an origin story and it isn't but it's kind of like with Spider-Man but it's good in that way yeah but it's like with Spider-Man it's like you've had him in this and they put you know they say right here is this um, here's him in Civil Here, War. Here's, but, here's your uh, here's your starter, now here's your main course. Yeah, it's, exactly. Here's your main exposure to said character. But I'm sure that once people have been to see this film, because I know Mike had sent me a message saying that he was starting to read some of the stories on Marvel Unlimited, 
um, because obviously that's the digital app that yeah. you can just pay for and then you, you're able to read whatever you want. It's kind of like a Netflix for comic Have you been reading anything in the run-up to it? No, no. Um, again, that's something that I may do at some stage, but yeah. I kind of want to, again, with Infinity for a War right around the corner, I kind of don't want to... Bombard yourself with I don't want to have too much on one character because once that comes out... What if they die? <laughs> well, you know, but once that comes out, you know, that's whenever... Once that comes out, then I'll be right. I want to read more Hulk. I want to read yeah. more this and that and this and that, you know, because the one good thing about it was that they played Infinity War trailer before. Yeah, that that's true. Which really got you hyped up for that. And obviously you see him in that. So, no, for, uh, for me, it was, it was one of those films that... I enjoyed but it's something that I really wish because I had to see it on Saturday so that was a good like four or five days after it came out yeah I really wish that had been that day where I can make my own assumptions rather than reading what other people think yeah. and then you kind of right expect it to be really good and then you don't whereas you know I uh, you don't want you don't want to build it too much up for others as well because mm-hmm. I did the exact same as you I completely steered clear posting my thoughts on social media number one because I knew we were obviously going to be talking about it on here as well. Yeah. So we're, and again, I knew you weren't going to see it as soon as I had seen mm-hmm. it. So I didn't want you seeing me go, oh, it's amazing, or it's this, or it's yeah. that, or anything like that, and go in on the Saturday or whenever you were going to see it later in that week and be like, oh, well, Alan said it's amazing. So no, don't get me wrong. This, this, is, this isn't a movie like The Last Jedi where I will pick things apart. There no. were very, very few things that... I didn't like about this movie mm-hmm. and I'll talk about one the main one in a minute or two well there was a lot of hype behind it and for me I can't say it did or it didn't live up to the hype yeah. for me because I'm not and this sounds odd to say and I'm not trying to I'm not being controversial by saying this at all this movie was not made really for us for us yeah mm-hmm. this was the big show from Marvel we're getting diverse now yeah we're going to spread things out we're going to have stuff for the African-American community. We're going to have stuff eventually down the line here with the potential Black Widow movie and Captain Marvel coming. Mm-hmm. There is, they're spread night now, now. So this movie wasn't really designed for us. So I'm not saying I wasn't hyped for it or anything like that. I really, I enjoyed the trailers. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. But I went into it just thinking, I'm going to enjoy a Marvel movie. I did this very much the same way as I did with Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man where I knew nothing about the character. I didn't want to know anything about the character. I wanted to come out knowing more about the character. And I felt they did that. Exactly. I'm the exact same. But no, I I really enjoyed it. Could I rank it at the moment in my MCU? Probably not. Mike says it's borderline his top five. That's a fair showing from Mike. Um... I would say it's probably up there, but I want to see it again, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, because this is the thing. You say that to yourself here and now, oh, it would be up there for me. Mm-hmm. But then you go back through oh, yeah. <laughs> the history yeah. of the MCU, yeah. and you'll, oh, well, I prefer that more. Yeah. And I prefer that more. Yeah. And then quickly you'd find yourself outside the top ten, yeah. because there's so many MCU movies. Oh, totally. But it's definitely one that I really enjoyed. And I will want to see it again. Oh yeah, it's definitely not one that I've went. I'm not watching that again. You know, no, don't, no. don't get me wrong. It's no Fantastic Four and like that is. It's one of those films that you need you need to go and see yourself to form your own opinion. Says the guy doing a podcast and voicing his opinion about it. But regardless, <laughs> um, next week I think I'm going to hit upon, and I think it's definitely something to talk about is dialogue, mm-hmm. and. I feel the writing of this movie was pretty darn good. 
so is because there's I'm not going to talk about a specific scene or anything here but it is sort of towards the beginning um, it's after the cold open and there's a scene between a couple of characters and you can already feel the chemistry hitting off between them mm-hmm. and yes it's all well and good you need chemistry between actors but if the dialogue isn't there yeah. that chemistry's not going to be able to flourish at all no. sort of thing so for me the dialogue was pretty strong because there are some some movies in general that come out Fifty Shades Freed not that I've went and saw it but I've heard what people have had to say about it um, that it looked like a grade schooler was writing it and it's, stuff like that it's one of those movies that whenever you'd, you'd listen to words that there was a lot of times where I didn't I, you know like obviously they were talking and you wouldn't go like whenever you've had like bad dialogue like you know you wouldn't go oh. You know, there was a lot of things, you know, like that happened in the movie. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this straight now, is that there was a part where he um, is buried and then talks to another character. He isn't dead or anything, yeah, anybody, don't panic yeah, yourself. So um, I cried at that part because yeah. obviously he's talking to, well, you know who he's talking to in that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of hit we'll home. We'll get to that in the spoiler, yeah, so that, that's the key thing I want to talk about. That kind of hit home with me. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, well, it, it's, yeah, it's something that, you know, with Marvel movies is that they're very careful on how they do things, but it's not a case of like they're wasting words saying it. They, yeah. You know, everything is done to a point. And again, it's not like you're watching Leia using the Force powers in The Last Jedi going, oh my God, Mary what Poppins. is that? You know, like, um, you know, Mary Poppins, obviously, we all know, is Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, but for me, the dialogue, um, I think that as well, the authenticity of the the voices as well yeah. really added Bo- to Bozeman that. having the actual yeah. African accent yeah. and stuff like that. I think also another thing I want to mention about dialogue as well, and it's not something we're going to stick on or anything like that, because that isn't what a show like this is about. But obviously this movie, it had a lot of strong things to talk about. Mm -hmm. So it is because one of the kind of key parts of this movie um, deals with African-Americans and the struggles that they have went through for years and still do. And talking about how to handle that... Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. So there was a lot of you know stuff that could be handled very heavily, mm-hmm. but I don't feel this movie handled it heavy at all. And it's again something I'll talk about maybe more in the spoiler stuff. But there are certain maybe political messages that are in it as well. That again people could turn around if done wrong, if written yeah. wrong. Yeah, you'd be like, well, flip. I'm getting beat over the head about this. But mm-hmm. at no time during this movie did I feel. This movie's out to send a message or anything like that. I think it handled everything pretty, I think with, da- pretty darn perfectly. I think with Marvel movies, you want to go and escape uh, what's going on in the real world, but at the same time, you do that. But there is little drop drips and drabs of what's going on in the real world yeah. to a certain degree. And at no stage did I think, well, they're obviously saying that because X and Y, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like like you say, like Marvel is beating me with their propaganda and things like that. Uh, But no, I never thought that. And again, it's a movie. It's not, you know, like it's giving you, 
it's giving you enjoyment, but at the same time, it's giving you things, you know, that people, like, uh, the bit at the start, you know, to do with whenever he, they're talking about, you know, oh, oh, tell me a story, which one, the one to do with Black Panther, and they explain about it. Yes. And you see, you know, the struggles, and you see the things exactly. that, and then that's kind of bringing you into the character, which I thought was really well done, too. Yep. And again, we'll get to that in the spoiler talk as well. Yeah. Um, I did have this point, but you kind of mentioned it straight out of the gate with your general thoughts was the visuals. The visuals were absolutely outstanding. So I'll kind of tweak this point um, from visuals to just generally the world of Wakanda. Mm -hmm. And I felt this, you know, any shot of Wakanda felt lived in. It didn't feel like, because obviously it's a very technologically advanced country. You know, the buildings and stuff like that in the wide shots look very modern. They look almost slightly out of this world. But when you got down to scenes between um, certain characters where they were actually down on the ground amongst the regular folks of Wakanda, the alleyways, the walkways, the shops, all that sort of stuff, the stalls, it felt so lived in. Even the ritual part, you see, where, where he's becoming king. I mean, that, for me, like, just even, you know, simplest stuff like the water, you know, that he's standing in the things, that was just, for me, that was jaw-dropping and, um, you know, and things like that. But, um, yeah, like like you say, like, whenever they're walking around the stalls and things like that, it seemed very, almost like in Doctor Strange, whenever he is doing the exact yeah. same thing, you know. And, again, I think Marvel probably do it that they want to try and use real things rather than well, we'll just CGI it here because it would be very easy to yeah but it gives more authenticity to exactly. that and it makes you feel that you know because you have the connection that it isn't just yeah oh here's the royal family of Wakanda yeah. and their guards and this and that you actually got to see the people of Wakanda yeah going about their daily lives mm-hmm. so we're now going to get a wee bit more specific you kind of were starting to mention about characters so we'll start off with who was your favourite character? Right, this is going to be tough because for me... I have also got a character that surprised you, so if that helps you okay, in right, answering okay. that, that's the again, next question. Th- again, with me being bad with movie, with names and stuff, I'll say who it was and then... I will tell help me you. Me. But um, I think Lupita Nyong'o's... Nakia. Okay, I think she was good, plus the fact that it's lovely to see two motion capture people. Mm, that's true, it. yeah. You know, so you have two people from The Force Awakens, motion capture yeah. Andy Serkis as well. Um, he was very bizarre in the movie, but um, we'll talk we'll about get, him. We'll <laughs> but then there was um, baby, don't hurt me. The one with the spear. No oh, the the general, the guard. Um, was it the actress named Denia Guerrera is her yeah. name. I think it's Okoye. But for me, obviously, I was like, I know her face. I know her face. Walking Dead. Yeah, and then it's Michonne because obviously you're used to her with big dreadlocks. Yes. You know, and things like that. But Where she's had the shave. This head. is another movie where Marvel again just do it right with the casting. Yeah. You know, but I think for me, you know, like Nepita, I think another under. Are we talking about an underrated character? Because I have. Well, my, your favourite character, who you enjoyed the okay, most? I would say Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger would be the one that I would say I enjoyed the most. I definitely, I, have, was, I definitely have to give my hot tips to him. I think he and was, we And we will. I will. I want to talk about him okay. a great deal, so I do. I think he was underused a bit. I get, I get, yeah, I get you. Know, but There's, you know, and again, this doesn't reveal anything in the plot. He appears, mm-hmm. does some really cool stuff, yeah. 
and then he kind of vanishes for about 40 minutes or so yeah and then he comes back but then everything after he comes back is like oh, bang, yeah, that, bang 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 you all know gold. that's all gold but again marvel just seemed to have somebody who just knows right that person's perfect that person's perfect yeah. that person's perfect and i think know? also not only yes obviously you've got your casting agents and the people specific yeah. to you know hiring the actors and stuff like that but it also does have to come back to ryan coogler the director mm-hmm. because you know fruitville station creed he's worked with michael b jordan yeah on all those, mm-hmm. so he knows the quality of Michael B. Jordan, and he was fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Talk about him a wee bit more in a second. But my favorite character was Shuri, the younger sister. Okay. The girl who's basically you would describe as Black Panther's Q. Yeah, that would probably be she the she's way. the one who deals with all the technology and all. And I thought her character was really cool. Um. And I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> right, okay. Because our friend Natalie said that that was her favourite character. Oh, there you go. Good, good choice, Natalie. I said about Michonne was badass. And she went, she was. Only th- thing I'd say sucked was that they decided to move the lesbian characters from the movie version. Right. Which I didn't know, obviously. I, I, you know. I wouldn't have particularly known. But because obviously I've been avoiding. The leader of the Dora Majali. Dor- was a separate Dora character. Was a separate character from Okoye in the comics got and you. is in a relationship with one of the other members who I'm pretty sure was still in the movie as a minor role. Uh, which I didn't know anything well, about. Maybe and hopefully something like that comes in in the sequel. Because yeah. that's that's the thing. Um, before we kind of move on and talk about characters that surprised us and Chadwick Boseman as mm-hmm. Black Panther. A key part of this movie is women, especially women of colour, yeah. being in such a prominent position in the movie. Yeah. So they've nailed that. We've had huge representation for people of colour in this movie. Women of colour in a prominent position. Fingers crossed, Marvel decides, right, let's kick it another gear in the next one. Mm-hmm. And have stuff like that yeah. in it. Yeah. Because this is the thing, we're in this world now, you've fully embraced, you know, getting diverse mm-hmm. with your characters take that extra step if you can have this in DC programs like Superman or yeah. Supergirl sorry there's no reason why you can't have this in movies yeah. I'm not saying it's something that they're shying away from but it's just something that you know they need to they maybe ju- they maybe just felt that in this movie it could have been something that was maybe shot it and wasn't then, necessary to the plot yeah, or exactly, something like that exactly, but so. definitely it's sort of stuff that shouldn't be shied away from yeah. if it if it adds to the plot 100% yeah. go for it absolutely um, so I kind of mentioned it a character you were surprised that you liked. Okay. Um, so not your favourite. Someone that was a pleasant surprise. Th- this is going to enter like spoiler territory oh, here. Oh really? Yeah, kind of. Do you want to save it then for you? Uh, yeah, because oh. I'll have to kind of explain why I liked him and that kind of thing. But Okay, no worries. We'll save that one. We'll come back to that one. One thing I didn't really like is Martin Freeman's accent. I, I just can't... I can't... I don't know whether it felt different it's to because, Civil War or is it because we're used to him as a Brit? It's because we were used to watching Sherlock mm. and that's what we're using in the office and things like that. And I just wish that, you know, he works for like the CIA or whatever, but he's English. Yeah. You know, just keep him English. But um, um, a character I was surprised that I liked more than I was, you know, mm-hmm. thinking I would at all is M'Baku, who is the original guy... Um, he fights. Right, that's the same guy. Yeah, that's the same that's, guy. It's, yeah. I don't. I don't deem that really spoilery at all. It's because there's a scene, and we'll discuss it more in the spoilers. 
where he surprises you just. Yes. Yeah. You know, he it's just his performance mm-hmm. more than oh. anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we'll talk about that in a bit more in depth. Okay. But I, he was my pleasant surprise. Yeah. And it does seem to be that seems to be a common thread for folks as well. Yeah, I think uh, somebody had mentioned that on Twitter, and he was absolutely astounded by this. Like, yeah. He seems like a really. He seems to be one of these people who's done this. And he's getting so much praise, and he's maybe just not used to it. Yeah, you know, and that's because he thing. probably walked into this thinking, because seeing the grand scheme of things of the movie, mm-hmm. when it comes to levels of important characters yeah. throughout the story, he obviously does some key important things, but he wouldn't be in the top ten characters of the movie. Oh no, for no things done, no way. So he's probably very shocked he would that be people one, have... He'd be one of those ones in the credits that's near, you know, yeah. fe- uh, also starring and then his Winston name Duke there. or something, I think yeah. his name is. Is it Winston Duke? Yeah, Winston Duke. Um, so moving on from him, thoughts on T'Challa slash Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman. Because uh, like you say, we got that glimpse of him in Civil War mm-hmm. and now here we're getting sort of the full thing. It's nice to see... Again, somebody of so importance, you know, fighting for his people. Yeah. You know, like, and, you know, he's a man of tradition. He's a man who respects what's come before him, but he also respects what's he has to kind of pave the way ahead of him as well. Very much so. I think it's basically, it's the story arc of the whole movie, but it's his character arc as well. He learns, the character has a fantastic arc in this movie, Mm -hmm. and... This is sounding like a broken record, everybody. We'll talk about it more in the spoiler talk. Um, but there are times with with movies where you just don't feel a character has improved or learned from mistakes no. or anything like that. Whereas this character has numerous key moments throughout mm-hmm. where he learns from... Defining moments yeah, as well. Yeah. That defines him as a king. Yeah. And will help him improve as a king going mm-hmm. forward. And, no doubt, an Avenger... In Infinity War, yeah, I think performance-wise, Chadwick Boseman was extremely powerful. Yeah, he jumped off of the screen at you. He shined in any scene he was involved in. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think also because he was a shining example and a fantastic performance, it raised everybody else up as well. He brought everybody else with him. Not that I'm saying that other people didn't perform well. No, a lot of the other people, the Peter Nyong'o, all performed yeah. really, really well. But the level for everybody, including him, was so, so high. Like, even whenever you're up against an established actor like Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. You know, like, I was waiting for him to go, Poor Kelly! But he didn't. I was the same. I was just like, go on, say what? I was waiting for when he first talked. I was like, how are you going to talk? How are you going to talk? (laughs) Poor (laughs) Kelly! But whenever those two are interacting, and then the part um, to do whenever they're talking in, like, the the room with, like, the flowers... Yes. ...was very powerful from both aspects. Yes. But... As I say, whenever you're not an unknown actor, but whenever you're up against somebody like Forrest Whitaker, yeah. and then you stand toe to toe with that guy and go blow for blow, basically, yeah, that means that you know that isn't a hint or anything. No, by the way, no. folks, um, but he, like you say, like he brought his he brought his A game, but the people that I think it was maybe something like two, two or three. I think it was two thousand and fifteen. That he was cast, and yeah. you had like I think Robert Downey Jr. and and Chris Evans bringing him on stage that he was cast as yeah. Black Panther. But he is one that, like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Robert Downey Jr. He is that character. character. Yeah. He is 
again, I know it sounds cliche, but he was born to play that character, yeah, and he's absolutely. done that well. And again, there's very, very few in the Marvel universe that you would look at and go like, "They shouldn't be that character. They shouldn't be that character." No, I don't think there's anyone that you could say they shouldn't be that character mm. because once you watch them on screen, they yeah. embody that character, and that's very much what he does. Is he embodies who he believes he is the Black that character, Panther. you yeah. know, rather than. You know, him just going like, oh, it's just an acting role. And then, yeah. it, you know, turned out to be a real letdown, you know, which was far from it. But as I was kind of saying, you don't have a great lead character without the ensemble alongside you. And that leads me on to the other characters. Oh, yeah. So that's, our, that's, that's our, like you having a band and then you being a great singer and the rest around you can't play for yeah. coffee. So as I kind of mentioned, we have a lot of very prominent women in this movie. We have the Dormelage, as has been mentioned, the basically, basically like the royal guard, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, you have Naki, Lupita Nyong'o's character, the ex-girlfriend, and also what appears to be, I think they call them war dogs, kind of spies that are out there in the yeah. world, mm-hmm. keeping an eye on things. Um, you have Shuri, as I said, kind of the Q, and then you have also Black Panther's mother, the Queen Mother, mm-hmm. is in there as well, and there are plenty others as well. So... You've kind of already slightly talked about uh, Lupita Nyong'o, you've liked her. Um, I thought it was nice, again, that you saw, right, okay, yes, there is this sort of relationship uh, relationship between her and uh, T'Challa, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, I think it's kind of hinted at originally at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she's not sort of one of these ones that just kind of hangs around and chills in the background, sort mm-hmm. of your stereotypical girlfriend in a movie. She's out in the world wanting to make a bit of a difference. Yeah, she kind of wants... He wants to help people that are there, but he she kind of wants to help people that are outside, you know, and that kind that's of thing. That's basically the perfect summary. You know, but um, she's one that still doesn't forget her roots. I'm not talking about the roots in her hair, um, because we see very different hairstyles from her as well. Um, but she is one who doesn't forget where she comes from. And um, there's a great scene between her... And the other one as well, towards the end of the movie, I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In spoilers. Um, but uh, yeah, she was she was a great character, and then one who again, towards the end, pleasantly surprised you because of how she, she, she how kinda, she worded things. She kind of slowly pushes T'Challa in the direction he needs to go. Yeah. Obviously, there's plenty of other things that happen to T'Challa throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but she's kind of part of that guiding force that. Is kind of like you know, come on, you know, I want to help. Kitty, 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 kitty. I want, I want to help the world a bit here, sort of thing. Um, then we have uh, Denia Guerrera, Okoya, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. She's, I think they refer to her basically as general. So she's yeah in charge of that uh, basically royal guard, mm-hmm. and she was the one. I will admit this, as I said it in the last show. She is the one that we saw in that shot in the Infinity War trailer. Yeah. Running alongside him. And I was like, I don't know her name, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I'll know it <laughs> yeah. after the movie. Yeah, and, and yeah. I do. Because yeah. she had some seriously badass scenes in this mm-hmm. movie. That The training that must have went in for her to... Not just for her, but for all of them. Yeah. You know? But kind of like, almost like a double-ended spear she was flying she about. Is very profi- she is very proficient with a sword and walking dead, so I'm sure <laughs> that she probably would like, helped. you know, it's kind of going from a lightsaber to a duel 
a lightsaber pod. But her character got to see some serious action in mm-hmm. this movie and was an absolute badass. And again, and this is something I feel about this movie, every character kind of got a moment to shine. Yeah. So that there isn't a character that you can say, well, they were kind of let down and kind of left yeah, in the side. There wasn't to- any characters at the end of the movie that I went, well, that character had no point. Yeah. You know, like, because you had, you had characters who you thought had no point ended up having lots of points. Yeah, because, like, she, it's kind of, it's not kind of harped on about her anything like that, mm-hmm. but there's her and another character, obviously husband and wife. Yes. And there's stuff that goes on that there's a wee bit of kind of tension there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other stuff where she's involved back and forth with another character that you kind of would have been like, you know, if it would have been if it had been a kind of stereotypical movie, you're like, oh well, she's going to help such and such, no yeah. questions asked. Yeah. But she doesn't. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll get on to that. Uh, Shuri, I thought uh, the girl who played her, Letitia Wright, um, was a really pleasant surprise. It's when she first appears on screen, she's like this happy, bubbly sort of yeah. person. You're like, are you going to? Are you going to get, be a stereotypical child? Are you going to get in my me? nerves here? Yeah. Sort of thing? <laughs> Because there's a sh- the initial thing kind of she does in the scene when her and Black Panther first meet, you're kind of like, not sure. But as it progressed and progressed, and there's cer- certain things that happen, and certain there's a mission obviously that Black Panther goes on at some point, and she's a key part of it. Mm-hmm. So she is not in the way you think, folks. <laughs> um, but it's using her technology, yeah, and it's superb. And towards the end as well. She also gets but to kick a load of backside. There's a great line that she says whenever she asks him, did this work? And he goes, yes, it was perfect. Yes. I, I need to do some improvements, but it was perfect. Just because it's perfect doesn't mean it can't be improved upon. Yeah. And I was just like, for somebody so... And that, or, ca- and that character is meant to be 16. Yeah, well, it was that part as well, whenever he says something and then... Um, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. That's that's the scene I was talking yeah. about. I was like, oh, is this gonna, you <laughs> yeah. know, is this gonna, is this gonna work out here? Um... But I, I would find it... I would really love to see a scene in the future between her and Tony Stark. Because obviously she's kind of like Wakanda's smartest. Yeah. Technology-wise. Or her and Parker. There you go. Because like, I can do something for your suit. And I'm like, you can? That, uh, could you imagine that sort of Wakandan technology? Yeah. Her brains, Tony's brains, Banner's brains, oh, all yeah. going into creating stuff. Wow. Wowzers. Um, sure, I've mentioned Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Killmonger your favourite character in the movie, I think I have to say, this has to be one-off, if not the best villains in the MCU. Obviously, people are going to be shouting at me down you know, the microphone here, Loki, Loki, Loki. But we have had X amount of movies with Loki. Yeah. Was it probably now four or five at least? Mm-hmm. You've got the Thors, you've got the Avengers movies. But I think for a single appearance... Yeah. Of a character. As a legitimate threat to the main character. And a character that is not one-dimensional. This is the big problem that has kind of, I'm not going to say plagued, Marvel. Well, it has. But there are quite a few instances throughout the Marvel movies where you're like, that character is very twirl moustache, twirl moustache. <laughs> I'm out to make money or I'm just wanting to kill people or whatever. I want to perfect take example, world. Perfect example. I really enjoy Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. But Yellow Jacket is terrible. Yeah. So he is. He is twirl moustache, twirl moustache. I'm making a copy of your suit. So on and so forth. Yeah. 
Whereas you see throughout this movie, and I think this is another thing that jumps out about this character, is you can 100% see his motivations mm-hmm. and understand why he sees the world the way he does. But he's a villain. He's a villain that kind of doesn't think he's... A villain is never somebody who goes like, I'm a bad guy. A villain is just somebody they, who thinks... They see themselves as the good guy. Yes, but because, like you say, because of something that happens kind of triggers how he goes on. And then there's a lot of things that happen that you don't see coming Yeah. as well. But to have his presence on screen, I think that since, you know... Since we've obviously, you know, said about Loki, 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 obviously we can't discount Michael Keaton in Spider-Man. And mm. I think that's whenever we kind of went, he was a really good villain. Kurt Russell and Guardians did really nothing for me. No. Um, but then this guy was kind of like, but then, he, <laughs> no pun intended, he had a helping hand from oh um, man you know for somebody man, else that's bad you know but nah. well speaking of helping hands <laughs> whoa what are, where are we going now thoughts on claw andy circus very intriguing very interesting did things at times i did not expect you already have heard me start to sing yeah. baby don't hurt me no more mm. and stuff like that um didn't expect his arc to go the way it did but you know he's He's a character that you're like, he was bigged up. Mm-hmm. He was a bigged up character heading into Age of Ultron. Yeah. And he kind of took a back seat. Maybe that's partly down to um, Michael B. Jordan kind of being as good as he was. Yeah. But Michael B. Jordan is the guy you come out of this movie going, that was the villain, mm-hmm. not Claw. Yeah. Claw was a bad guy, but you know. There were certain parts in that movie where I felt that he was very... Over the top? Yeah, very cartoonish. Yeah. You know, like, in, you could tell that he's... You would, he wouldn't have been out of place in a Saturday morning cartoon. But then with him being a motion capture artist, you know, like, he obviously has to express himself, so... Th- that's you a know, fair point. That, that, that is actually a very fair point. That's maybe why he... Like, he was get, very emotive. Don't get me wrong, there were certain parts in that movie where I thought he was really good. Yeah, but yeah. It seemed to be a different character from the one we had in Age of Ultron. Yeah. You know, it seemed to be, like, fair enough in Age of Ultron. Well, you never know. That. It could happen that your brain goes a wee bit haywire when you lose a hand. Could do, yeah. <laughs> but um, for me, it was just like, I think out of all the characters, you know, like, I think um, he was one that I maybe just went, right, okay, he's there. I don't mind the character, but I really wish that I kind of toned it down a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I wouldn't say his performance is wonderful, and I wouldn't say his performance is, like, the worst I've ever seen, no. you know, because I've seen a hell of a lot worse, <laughs> you know. Um, so, not to go too far off topic, but I just kind of had to throw this in just for a laugh. Um, better Andy Circus character, Snooker Claw? Well... I would say, <laughs> well, I like. I, I just I had to throw this in. It just popped into my head. Uh, I would say Claw because he's probably he'll probably be in. He may be in more movies, so you never know. <laughs> um, music. I think again. I again. I'm more of a music guy than you. Maybe are. I'll get your Star Wars. Uh, you go first, then. I thought it was a very interesting soundtrack. Now, I knew it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be because um, they obviously wanted to capture a different feel for the movie. But I still felt it was very good. I thought it 
it captured both, I felt, African culture, mm-hmm. but also African-American culture, and kind of combined the two of them. Because obviously it isn't a score or soundtrack that is your kind of stereotypical soundtrack. You've got your very sort of, your drums, sort of African culture, but then you've got the sort of the, more the beats, you mm-hmm. know, from hip-hop and stuff like that from America. Um, it stood out, definitely stood out for me. Don't know about you, um, but it did give the movie a different feel. It did, but I can see you going a certain direction it, here. It's not. <laughs> it's not a soundtrack that I'd go out and buy. No, I wouldn't buy it. You know, um, unlike you know, like say, the Avengers, I went and bought because I loved like all the music in it. But like you say, there are certain parts where that music gives the legitimacy of what's going on in the screen, which I'm fine with. But it's not one that I came out to tap my foot and go like, what was that song that I played in that part or whatever, or yeah. lifted up and listened and went like that. But for and me... And again, that's just us. For me, for me, this would have to be the weakest area of the film would be the music. Um, there's certain parts, you know, don't get me wrong, like whenever, like the score, like whenever he's going up with Wakanda and you hear like just the typical, you know, music and stuff and th- that's fine and being, but... You know, like all these other artists who, you know, there was an advert that came up before, you know, to do with all the music and everything. And I was like, well... The hottest selling album and it's not even out yet. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> well, it um, is now, but before the movie it wasn't. For me, it was, that would be the one area where, for me, it was like the weakest. I can 100% yeah. get the reasoning for it. Yeah. But again, culturally... Yeah. It's, yeah. not, it's not for us. Yeah, it fitted the movie well. You know, like... I and I felt, I felt it added to the movie because, again... The scenes when they're in Wakanda and all, and stuff that's going on there, it worked. Yeah. It 100% worked. But it's again, kind of as you say, I can completely get where you're coming from. It's not stuff you're going to go and listen to for you mm-hmm. on your iPod if you're out in a walk or yeah. you're going somewhere or anything yeah. like that. Others might, just not us, maybe. Everyone's different. <laughs> Believe it or not, everybody everybody can have a difference of opinion and be happy enough with each other's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, this is, this is one thing I'm going to ask you, and we'll maybe expand upon a, a wee bit more in the spoiler talk side of things, but did Black Panther remind you of any other stories or movies? Yes. Tell me. Lion King. Exactly the same. And we'll leave it at that, and we'll come back <laughs> at spoiler talk. Um, <laughs> Lion King slash Jungle Book. Now, we've been fairly glowing... Maybe you've been a wee bit down on the music and stuff like that, but overall I'd say we're fairly positive here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was there anything in particular that you weren't a real fan of? Was there one thing that you could say, if you had to be critical? <laughs> yeah, but you have to wait until this winter. Oh, right, that. okay, no worries. Um, now, you kind of mentioned it earlier, and you were like, you weren't worried about it too much. I actually have to mention... A negative for me, in some parts, not all parts, was the CGI and the green screen. The fighting of cer- certain parts was yes. very choppy, that, I find. Yeah. And editing, some of the yeah. editing and some of the fights. CGI on the whole, good. Mm-hmm. But there were some shots, that the, green screen and stuff like that. The kind of dying, you know, like the kind of... in the the depths of Wakanda whenever you saw it like ships flying off mm. I thought sometimes that just didn't look right but there was there's just some shots that you're like green screen that's green screen you know but they did on the most part across the whole movie a lot of the shots you were like 
that's out. Mm-hmm. That's real shot. I think if it was more in the light, it looked well. It was more in the dark. Yeah. For me, it I get didn't, you. It didn't see that. I get you. Um, overall, the directing from Ryan Coogler. There wasn't any parts wherever you know I thought you know I thought the film had a good flow to it. Um, I didn't feel I didn't feel bogged down at any no, point. No, I didn't feel like you know I wasn't sitting there going. Let me look at my watch. Sure. I've been sitting here for or whatever. You know, like it wasn't any times like that. I think the pacing was good. I, I think that the um, the length of time of it could maybe have been shortened from the two hours fifteen minutes to maybe two hours. But again, that's just you nitpicking. No film is perfect, but you know there was bits. There was bits you could have just went right. You know, you could have made that a wee bit shorter or this here didn't need to be as. Uh, you know in your face mm-hmm. as this but again I'm just nitpicking so I feel though it was a very strong uh, performance from him not in an artistic sense or anything but behind the camera and it's actually crazy to think what this guy has achieved he's 31 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know younger than you few years older than me oh way to kick him on sorry uh, I didn't mean to um, but like he's done Fruitvale Station which was you know his kind of indie darling movie, which got him Creed, got huge plaudits for Creed, and now got this, and everybody's absolutely loving this. So mm-hmm. the boy is, he's batting 100 right now. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see um, that Marvel will probably throw buckets of money for him to come back for a sequel. Yeah. But uh, where he goes in between now and then, I will be keeping an eye on it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So, so, this is what we're going to finish up with before we head into spoiler talk. And that is, as I kind of mentioned towards the beginning, the box office. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this on Sunday, even though I said at the start, it's Monday the 19th. Um, but oh, hey. By the way, the budget for Black Panther was 200 million US dollars. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay, grand. Um, number was only released a matter of hours ago. So it made $192 million domestic making it the fifth biggest opening weekend in history. And here's a little extra bonus stat for you that I found out, and it is scary. It could make more in five days, domestically in America, than Justice League did in its 13-week domestic run which totaled $228 million. You know why that is? Because Justice League was rubbish. <laughs> well, I've never seen it, but uh, yeah. DC stands for Disappointing Content. Go to vinto316.wordpress.com and you can read all about it. But Marvel... Stop, stop creating drama. <laughs> but Marvel just seemed to have a, a knack for that. And then this will probably sit there and then they'll go, look at what we've done. Look what we've accomplished. And then Infinity War will come out and go to... Right. Um, I think I kind of th- tap it on the head. Well done, you. But it's time for Daddy to take over I, now. I think with those sort of numbers, it is a cert that this movie is going to crack a billion. Yeah. Because I don't know where that compares to the Avengers movie. You know, it's not going to touch Avengers one no. by any stretch. No. But I have a funny feeling that's nearer or better than Ultron. It's pretty darn yeah. close. It's pretty darn close, if not better. Mm-hmm. And that is something else. Yeah. To, to be the fifth biggest opening weekend in the history of the domestic box office in America. And that's just the weekend. Mm. You know, it could be by day five, 
more than Justice League. That, that, that blows my mind. That's out. what happens whenever you give people what they want. You know, they want something that shows that things that you're not used to, you know, like, and then you've got a character that, you know, kids in school in Brooklyn or whatever are all going to see together as a class. And, and, I, and I think like the that. really cool thing that has come out of this as well, um, I don't know if you've you'd seen it on Twitter, people tweeting out wanting to buy folks tickets to go see Black Panther that can't afford yeah, uh-huh. tickets. Yeah. Like Brie Larson was retweeting loads of people. You know, people were tweeting her saying, I'm from such and such mm-hmm. and I'll happily buy people a pair of tickets to go see Black Panther because people are realising how important this is for such a section of yeah, the for, American for, nation. For generations, you know, you've had different generations that could go and see that. And then, you know, there was people I follow on um, Twitter that couldn't go and see it on opening weekend because the tickets had sold out, yeah. you know. And it's not something that you, it's unheard of from a Marvel movie, but certainly from, uh, in inverted commas, lesser character, you know. Mm. You wouldn't consider, you know, Black Panther to be one of the main Avengers, you know, like a kind of or Hulk, etc. But again, this may be something that once you see, you know, once people had seen him run alongside Hulk, cutting this, that's going to get even people more excited for yeah. that because you're going to have their hero, their champion, kind of in yeah in the the mainstream as because well. I think it's a fair shout. Now, Black Panther's always been there, you know. When it comes to the Avengers, but I see very much him in the years to come when, say, eventually Tony Stark is away, Robert Downey Jr. and stuff, mm-hmm. him moving up and assuming a role in kind of the top hierarchy, yeah, of the Avengers unit basically, mm-hmm. um, and rightly deserved to yeah. be honest because oh, yeah. based off of the character in this movie, it was fantastic. But I thought those numbers were astounding. Oh, they are, and I don't see... Now, they say if a movie doesn't drop, I think it's 60%, in its second weekend, it's done really, really well. Mm-hmm. I can see this not even hitting 50% This is going to be one of those films, like last, like The Last Jedi, people want to see again, but for different reasons. Yeah. And wanting to watch The Last Jedi for a second time, because people have enjoyed it, and yeah. people want to embrace see it and yeah. show their support to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I could, I wouldn't be shocked if this movie now so it's made 192 million this weekend. I wouldn't be shocked if it's hovering in around 100 million on its second weekend, which mm. is a very rare thing to do mm. on a second weekend. Wouldn't and be is shocked. That, is that the worldwide box office? That's domestic. It? Right. That's domestic there. I think I've heard I think worldwide something it's either 368 or 398. Right. Something like that. So it's well on its way to half a billion already. Yeah. In its opening weekend. Speaking of which, before we move on, um, just to do with the Marvel thing, and you mentioned figures like that. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on while we we're talking about this, that obviously, some time ago, Sony passed up the rights to buy Marvel characters this is true, yeah. for twenty-five million. How would you feel if you were that person that went, nah? Just go and get Spider-Man instead. Yeah. And we'll kind of do something with him. Yeah. You'd feel a bit silly, wouldn't you? Because it's something to do with the Marvel movies in the 10 years or something that's been out of mass, something like, you know, 6 billion or something But like the thing that. is, as well, you have to take into account is I'm almost thankful Yeah, I'm that they didn't. To, yeah, because... Because you don't, don't... With the way Sony has handled yeah. Spider-Man movies... Yeah. It mightn't have went well. We might be sitting here and 
have no superhero movies at all. We could have got Black Panther movies related to the Pink Panther or something from Sony. Oh, please don't. Please don't. But we genuinely could be sitting here right now and the superhero bubble could have popped long ago because everybody's like, okay, you had a lackluster end to the original Spider-Man trilogy. You tried to reboot Spider-Man again. And during that time frame, who knows what they've tried to do, whether they tried to do a Captain America or whatever. Mm -hmm. And goodness knows who they would have picked other than Chris Evans. Because again, as you say, he was born to play Captain America, even though he played Johnny Storm beforehand. Less about that said, the better. Um, But no, thank goodness they didn't buy it. Yeah, I think... I'm sure Disney are happy, though. I'm sure sure they are very happy, but it just goes to show that, you know, there are things that happen for a reason, and that was one of them. But, God, whenever you think of how much money Sony could have made, like... Alrighty, so, spoiler talk time, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at the clock and making note of what time it is. Okay, no worries, that's grand. So, I've kind of put down here uh, key points of the movie. Okay. Just to have a quick chat about it. We won't dwell on them too long. So this is your final warning that we're going to enter spoiler talk. Don't say we spoil the movie for you whenever we've said spoiler talk, spoiler talk, right now. Okay, bye. Spoiler talk. Spoiler. So, um, I've also mixed in a few sort of other little things in here as well, because we're going to come back to that, what did it remind you of, okay. other things and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but firstly, we will kick off with the, <clears throat> the cold open, before we saw the flickering of the Marvel pages and stuff like that in the Marvel logo. Um as you kind of mentioned, we saw the history of Wakanda, mm-hmm. very dramatically shown to us, followed by uh, Oakland, California in 1992. I think that whole, like you say, the kind of history of Wakanda, explaining about the... I'm trying to gear myself in, back into spoilers now, because I've been trying to be careful <laughs> yeah. for so long that I can actually now talk okay, about this stuff. You talk to us about it. <laughs> um, but showing about the asteroid hitting in mm. Africa, and that's what caused vibranium and stuff like that. Um, and explaining how the Black Panther gets its powers yeah. and the spiritual history behind that and how there were so many tribes in Wakanda and uh, all bar one kind of came under the banner of the Black Panther mm-hmm. and that was effectively the king of Wakanda. And that's one thing I kind of realised afterwards as well as um, and we kind of see later on with uh, Shuri and her technology. It's kind of almost like this sort of nanotechnology this sort of powdery sort of technology of vibranium has this sort of yeah. you know different level of use to it um that it can kind of shape itself into different things and that's how this opening segment was kind of displayed to us the mm-hmm. stuff kind of shifted you know kind of almost i'm not gonna say like the ocean or something like that but that free form nanotechnology sort of stuff um what did you think of it i thought it, i thought it was good especially because this is your first time seeing him, you know, like in his own land and that kind of thing and a bit of history to do with the character. But I think it was done well, but it was done quick. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't a, here's half an hour talking about, you Let, know, what let's, happened. Let's, let's tell you the history of it. Yeah, exactly. It was very quick. And then, you, you know, that scene happened where you kind of had more explanation later on because yes. you're watching it going like, what's this to do with? And then you're like, right. So I thought, right, that's going to be the Black Panther down, you know, but it, kind of isn't and then obviously then we get like the real reason as to why they showed you that and i thought that was well done mm-hmm. you know like again it was a scene that was there and at this sorry you're going what okay and then towards the end you're going it all clicks ah, in the face see, right okay. it all clicks in the yeah. face that is the thing that i have to give so much credit to this movie and again i'm trying to push myself into spoiler now without you know you know to actually talk about the stuff 
that opening scene, 1992, Oakland, California, which again is kind of a hat tip to, you know, an area of, you know, African Americans that have had so much trouble um, over the years. And that is where the whole Black Panther organization begun with, you know, all that sort of stuff. Now, we're not going to get into that sort of territory and talk about that. But it shows you, um, obviously, T'Chaka, mm-hmm. um, T'Challa's father, uh, arriving. And you find out it's his brother is there. And there's some dodgy dealings have been going on with Claw. Yeah. And basically he's like, you know, why have you betrayed Wakanda? You know, sort of stuff. Yeah, but and it, was, it was more... Uh... It was, yeah, it was more a case of that, and then it's like, do you think we'd only send one spy? And then that's whenever the other fellow turns out actually to be Forrest Whitaker's character. Forrest yeah. Whitaker's character. Um, obviously, I laughed um, when the two were, and then eventually says, you know, prove you're one of us, and mm. you know, he pulls his lip down. Um, it was Forrest Whitaker's character, uh, the younger Forrest Whitaker's character, says, oh, there's two like, Grace Kelly girls at the door, sort of thing, and I was like, that's quite funny. Kids listening to this will have no idea who she is. No. Um, but I think the one thing that kind of I'm not going to say it pulled me out in this sort of opening scene was was actually T'Chaka mm-hmm. because this is 1992, right? Yeah. So Civil War. Yeah. Takes place in 2016. Yeah. Why did I say 2016? 2016. I don't know. 2016. 2016. And he's an old man. He's an old man. Yeah. In 2016, 14 years time difference. He seemed a lot younger in this opening scene. Mm. It, it did pull me a wee bit. Not a great deal, but I was just kind of like, you're a lot older in Civil War. Yeah. But, you know, um, interesting snippet. That is actually the actor who plays older T'Chaka's son. All right. Playing young T'Chaka. So it was nice that they actually did... Yeah. Um, kind of keep it in the family with that one. But yeah, the whole drama, as you say, of that scene, it sets us up because he doesn't purposely go out to, as we find out, kill his brother. Mm-hmm. He does it to save Forrest Whitaker's character. Yeah. Um, thus leaving the young killmonger outside in the basketball court when it could be argued that he maybe should have Mm-hmm. And then took him a, back to Wakanda with him. That was a big thing to do with him and Forrest Whitaker and the scene I was talking about earlier on. Um, yeah. But... Because yeah. the whole thing was his brother, Killmonger's dad, argued that we should be using our superior technology to be helping our own people, our oppressed people here in the United States and around the world mm-hmm. with our technology to better themselves and take over exactly, with violence yeah, and which is exactly Killmonger's motives as well exactly which know, is so where like, that comes like in like father like son kind of thing um, whereas Tajaka is like no we need to keep Wakanda secret we can't be going around and you know shooting the place up this mm-hmm. sort of stuff and that again is another key point of this story is Tajaka is very much keep Wakanda from the world yeah do not let them know what we have <laughs> and it all plays about um, now I thought it was kind of cool as well. We see a different Black Panther outfit because, of course, T'Chaka is the Black Panther yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it looks slightly different probably because it's fourteen years prior to Civil War. Yeah. Um, but from what I've picked up, it's a callback to the comics. 
the gold mm-hmm. stuff like that there was a run of the comics I think where Black Panther was very much based in New York right so there was and it's a call back to that sort of comic because it isn't just um, again I've only seen the movie once but it's not just kind of the straight outfit yeah because that's like his first appearance yeah it's like that it has yeah. the it has the kind of the, the collar and the cape yeah. sort of thing going on with it I liked it and it was a nice differential showing you the time difference and mm-hmm. oh, yeah, being yeah, a different yeah. person playing the Black Panther um, now I'm not going to string this along like too neatly we are going to jump through oh, yeah, the movie here we're not going to hear to talk about the whole movie because we're know. here all day um, but I think kind of probably the most important next thing here is um, T'Challa becoming king mm-hmm. and the whole ceremony that surrounds that and then the challenge that he gets from M'Baku who comes yeah. back into play later on in the movie thoughts on this sort of part of the movie um, the fight sequences in this are just again mind blowing and the fact is that because they're kind of fighting over a waterfall and then it's just a certain like kicks and water just pl- the water effect and everything and it, it's something that's so simple but yet it's done so beautifully yeah you know and it really adds to it especially whenever um, I was going to say spoiler um, but whenever he's he kind of wins and he's saying you know like yield and he's like he's like dangling over yeah. the cliff and then obviously he taps and things like that but it's just whenever you see the you know going up and you just see all these people and go like you know we're not here to you know to, and then you see um, we will not challenge and then, today you know the, the wee girl says like can we just get this over with and then he <laughs> says about that she has no respect or yeah. anything like that and she's just typically being a, a stereotypi- stereotypical child but no I thought it was really well done um, especially whenever he gets stabbed and the kind of you know like and then because I think um, I think the in, the interesting thing I found about it was and that was I was thinking it, about it in the build up to it was like it's like but sure he's the Black Panther he's got all this power and stuff like mm. that but they they properly address that they strip yeah. away the power yeah. of the Black Panther yeah. so it is proper mano a mano yeah. him versus Mbaku um, but it is it's the whole not just the fights but as you mentioned the whole dynamic and layout of that scene mm-hmm. you've got the waterfall on one side which is kind of they kind of cause it to drain a wee bit so people can all just basically stand on the cliff face yeah so it's this wall and then you just have the waterfall at the edge of the pool well, you have the cars that they're, that they're, that they're fighting and then they're well. getting closer so it's kind yeah. of like this countdown timer to one of you either has to submit or die yeah and it just ups the tension and ups the tension so it does and it shows you Mbaku going from this kind of stubborn sort of oh, I'm a big I'm a big tough guy mm-hmm. I'll beat you no problem and so stubborn in that you know you'll have to kill me to then finally submitting yeah and him winning that fight and well, then, officially uh, being that's obviously where we get on to later on whenever we see that um what's happened to black panther obviously and then with his mother going there to say to him about it uh, you know like about that he lost in battle and then that's whenever obviously martin freeman uh, Ross starts talking and then they start grunting and go like if you talk again I will feed you to my family I'm joking we're vegetarian that was that was that was there's a thing I'm going to mention uh, in a wee while and that plays into it it's it's one of my oh, right, fa- okay. it's one of my favourite moments the of thing, the movie obviously you hear him then saying that you know whenever T'Challa comes back you know like because she's got like the 
the kind of thing that gives him his power before shaped herb yeah before it all gets burnt so it's like the herb from Resident Evil and then you know he says thank you for saving me a life for a life you know yeah. like, and then that's again you know something we're used to with Star Wars and a life debt and things like exactly. that exactly well speaking <clears throat> of the herb that mm-hmm. was kind of the thing I was going to point us towards next is after he obviously wins the the fight with M'Baku and is officially you know now going to be the king mm-hmm. of Wakanda and the Black Panther he is given the herb again to regain the powers of the Black Panther and as you kind of mentioned in the non-spoilery section in one shape or another he is buried after taking the juices of the the herb Mm -hmm. and he goes to the ancestral plane yeah this is where as I kind of asked (coughs) earlier about what does this remind (coughs) you of we head very Lion King direction yeah in the sense of going and talking to his father. But it's not even that. It's the it's the way that obviously you have the three Oh it's Panthers. it's not it's not just that section. No, it's like the three Panthers, but it's the colours because the sky is very mm. it's not like dark, it's very, you know, beautifully colourful done, and it just looks you know, like as soon as you saw that like I'm sure no doubt whenever that happens somebody is going to dub over I just can't wait to be king music over that part because <laughs> that's kind of what that said to me but um, then obviously he's talking to his father about stuff and whatever and you know that's that's that, that's something that seems to be happening a lot in the Marvel movies is that it's always the father that's gone you know mm. right because it obviously it happened in guardians it happened in that and then it happened in thor ragnarok as well so um you know but it's it's one of those things that you know like obviously he's kind of able to say what he needs to say yeah to his father you know like it would kind of you know that's because i think because obviously this isn't the only time in the movie mm-hmm. he ends up on the ancest- yeah. ancestral plane this first time he goes it's very much, you know, tell me how to be a good king, yeah. dad, you know, yeah. impart your knowledge on me so I can be a good king. He sees his dad as this perfect king mm-hmm. and wants to be that perfect king. But eventually, as we see as the movie goes on. Yeah, and then the second time he's there. The like, second I'm, time he's I'm there, it's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to be here. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make the mistakes you made. This sort of stuff, it's a completely different interaction between the two. Yeah. Both emotional but also very different yeah, mm-hmm. as well. But that whole scene is great. And the fact that I find it interesting that in the first scene, it's only his dad takes human form. Mm-hmm. The rest of the ancestors are still in the tree as panthers. But then in that second scene, when he's very, yeah, they're all I'm not ready yet, yeah. they're all human. Mm-hmm. But that's very much like, because he's kind of obviously lost that fight and then he's kind of at death's door. Yeah. It's kind of, that's almost like his way, gateway to heaven. And then, you know, like everyone's there to greet him and then he's like, I'm not ready to go yet. And then that's when he <coughs> obviously comes back. <coughs> so, um, we're going to skip over kind of like the first Killmonger scene because that was around the museum and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Was, that was... That was what we were kind of talking about earlier in the sense of he appears, he has yeah. a pretty good scene, and then he's gone again for mm-hmm. another 40 minutes. We'll jump to kind of the next sort of, kind of, let's call it a set piece, which is in Korea. So can we, before we do that, okay, if you can want. we talk about, well, he wasn't there, 
I would have to say that before we get on to that, that that car chase in the movie is probably one of the best car chases. The Korea one? Yeah. That I would have to say that would probably be the best car chase I've seen in the movie probably since Bad Boys 2. Um, I did not expect that reference. <laughs> and, that, and that was not yesterday, but that, like, you know, to do with the boat and everything. But for me, that car chase, you know, like, and like you say, you know, like his sister being a big part of it and things like that. Yeah, I think that for me was one of the bits that I was just like, that is really nicely done. She is a key important part of this mm. mission. Yeah. But she's still back in Wakanda and the technology is able to assume the shape mm-hmm. of a car for her to jump in and pilot from Wakanda. Yeah. It is superb. Um, and of course, there's the whole casino part of that kind of as well, mm-hmm. where that's where T'Challa first runs into... A casino part that we actually do enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, where, he run, where he runs into Freeman and yeah. stuff, and it turns out that Freeman's going after oh, the... Stan Lee's cameo. The vibranium and Stan Lee's cameo. <laughs> over here. And that kind of leads me on to the next point, but before I even actually... Something's just sprung into my mind and I've remembered about the whole chase thing. That's where the movie kind of gets very Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's like action, 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 action. Um, but it's the tail end of that sequence that I find really strong is where he's got claw mm-hmm. and he walks up to him and he gets yeah, the claws out where, was, and they're like, whoa. That's why I was saying about a defining moment because you see him like laughing as if to say, I know what's going on here. But I have to say that one of the funniest moments is whenever obviously Lupita Nyong is and the other woman's character forget me I've still in the room oh, yeah. but um, their car breaks and she grabs her spear and then you just see her trotting down <laughs> in the seat yeah. in the seat and I was yeah. just laughing at that well that actually leads me on nicely funniest moments mm-hmm. three ones that kind of jump out to me that I enjoyed now obviously you said about the car thing yeah sneakers where she develops him when mm. Shuri develops him some new shoes and he's joking about oh I decided to go old school with the flip-flops and stuff like yeah. that, the sandals. And she says, oh, I've developed you uh, footwear that absorbs the sound and stuff like that. And then she says, I call them sneakers. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, come on, love. <laughs> but you kind of, you have to laugh at it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's funny that she's involved in two of the things that I find <coughs> particularly funny. Um, when they take Freeman's character back to Wakanda because obviously he takes a bullet mm-hmm. for Nakia for Lupita Nyong'o's yeah. character and uh, his sister says oh another broken white boy for me to fix because <laughs> obviously that harks back to Bucky yeah. at the end of Civil War and them having to look after him and then finally as we kind of mentioned M'Baku mm-hmm. the vegetarian stuff yeah, that, that for me was I nice. just I was like that was my moment I was yeah. just like yes yeah. did not expect that from you whatever but he nailed the delivery of it. Oh yeah, he totally did. So it was, and because you're kind of, you were kind of taken aback initially by, as you said, the kind of, oh, oh, you know, that sort of stuff. You're like, what is this character? I don't know what's going to happen. And then he just pulls out that comedic moment. Yeah. Because in that moment, they're like begging for help. Another funny moment is whenever Freeman gives Claw the diamonds and then he gives him the vibranium, but takes it out of his trousers and I was going to put it in a, a shiny briefcase but I thought I'd save myself some money you know and that for me was another funny moment so it was but yes um, there were 
surprising number of funny moments. Definitely, it wasn't as many as there have been in other Marvel oh, movies, no. you know. But I think this but I wasn't expecting as many as there were. But this was one that whenever they were done, they were never out of place. It wasn't, yeah. you know, like let's put something in here for the sake of being in here. Mm, I might say one thing didn't gel for me, and it actually almost plays into that sneakers thing. Mm-hmm. It's at the very beginning of that scene where she notices him in sandals mm-hmm. and she does the, what are those? Oh, yeah. thing. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, no, 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 no. But the second part of that with yeah. the sneakers thing kind of recovered it back for me. That was maybe the only thing that I was kind of like, not sure of that. Not sure of that. Um, but getting back into kind of the plot of things, with that whole Korea thing, eventually, Michael B. Jordan turns on Claw, mm-hmm. shoots him, yeah, and takes him back to Wakanda, and says, look, I've got the guy you have been after all these years. I've I've brought uh, the turkey home, so to say. Mm-hmm. I've delivered what you have wanted. He hasn't. Yeah. T'Challa hasn't. His dad hasn't. I'm royal blood. And he, of course, challenges, beats T'Challa, throws him off the waterfall, and takes the throne. Mm-hmm. I have to say that... Um Whenever they're saying, you know, like kind of thing be done, and Forrest Whitaker obviously interferes, mm-hmm. and then he gets killed, and then um, the general standing there, and she's going like, kind of thing be done, and she is standing there very reserved, but you could see the emotion on her face, yeah, which was really, really. She's well ready done. to run in there, but and that's, that's the slightest chance she can get. That's the part later on that I was talking about. Whenever she says, "I'm loyal to the throne," I don't go off at every. That's why. That's you know, what I was talking about. Is there were, there was moments for her character yeah. that if it was a stereotypical thing, you'd be like, "Yes, I'm loyal to Chala, mm-hmm. and I'll come and help you right now. Yeah. I'll I'll drop everything. I'll come and help you." And she's like, "My hands are tied. Yeah, I have to serve the throne." Yeah, but then that was the thing that you saw a lot of characters were they were loyal to the throne, or they were loyal to their family, or they were loyal to you know one another. And then obviously whenever you see him on the throne and then he says about, you know, distributing the um, weapons, the technology weapons and everything. And then that's whenever it really kicks into gear with Martin Freeman being an ace pilot and things like that. And which <laughs> for me, that was a bit okay. I, th- I honestly thought that his character was going to snuff it at the end. I thought, I thought close. with the scene where they were like, oh, you know, in te- you know, window integrity X percent. I thought, yeah. oh, well, he's going to get shot. He'll, he'll do the his job. He'll stop yeah. the stuff escaping. But boom, he'll mm-hmm. he'll go. They just can't seem to follow through with right. Kill this person right now. I say that with what happens at the end of the movie, but well, nobody I'm, in Marvel is dead until they're dead. Yeah, it's know. a case of as Ryan Porter once said, it's like, and. Even if you see a corpse, they're not dead. I mean, look at Phil Coulson. He yeah. was dead, and then he like they brought him back to life. So yeah. what's to say that... Samuel you know, Jackson, Nick Fury. Yeah, so dead, what, not what's to dead. say that he... Because we never saw what happened to the body. Did they burn him? Did they just leave it? What did did they, they stick do? him in cryo like they did with Bucky at the end yeah. of Civil War? You yeah. know, anything could happen in that regard. Um, but yeah, Killmonger takes the throne... Plans to send out all the weapons. What, what did you think of? Obviously, he did a thing where for every life he took, he marked himself. Mm. Did you think that was an odd choice? The way instead of doing like a tally thing, that he had like these like little the proper kind of. I I know what you mean. Like that is very you know that is 
you know, a part of African culture mm-hmm. in, in places. I can get where he was mentally trying to... He was as much doing it for himself to try and talk himself into being, I am the genuine article, I yeah. am, you know, a part of this culture, um, as much as trying to show to them, look, I am one of you sort of thing. But it is very much sort of the pretender mm-hmm. thing, because it, th- it is a thing as well with certain folks as, you know, marking themselves... You know, for kills Doctor and stuff who? like that. <laughs> like, sure, what was it on Old World War Two planes that notch up? You know, how many German planes had been shot down and stuff like that. So it's a similar sort of thing. Um, it's also you pointed in the direction because his character has very much been involved in like Afghanistan, Iraq, those yeah. sort of conflicts as well, and a lot of folks that have come out of those conflicts haven't come home mm-hmm. well in the head. Yeah. Uh, because of the things I've you know, seen. He is very much not one of those people, I feel. I feel he is sort of based on his you know, trauma, so to say, from his dad dying when he was young. He was, I'm going out to kill people for the heck of it, yeah. sort of thing. He enjoyed that. I would say the whole Scar stuff, that's, that's a thrill for him. Did you think at the end, whenever he said about, you know, like obviously we'd had him being killed by the hand of T'Challa, do you, did you think at the end, whenever he said about, you know, seeing the Wakanda sunset, did you think, right, whenever he was going to heal him, then that he was going to be an ally to him? Or did you think he was just going to take the way that he did and say, like, I'd rather die than be, you know, put in bondage kind of thing? I don't think he'd have changed. I think he was very much set mm-hmm. in his path. He felt... And it's again, it's a strength of the character is he felt he was right yeah. in this situation. He felt the only way, um, the best way for Wakanda to be involved in the world is through violence and taking over the world by force. He wanted to take over the world. He wanted Wakanda mm-hmm. to be the ruler of the world. Um, and that is clearly, in the grand scheme of things, not a good thing. And even though he was very you know, not going to say poetic, but, you know, sort of, you know, seeing the sunsets, my dad promised me he would show yeah. me Wakanda, that sort of stuff. Um, I, think, I think, I think T'Challa was, you know, he was rolling the dice that one last time, hoping yeah. there would be that glimmer. I think but he, I don't think if he'd have healed him, there would have been much change. I think he wanted to do what was right for him rather than what his father yeah. failed to do for his father. You yeah. know, like I think he wanted to kind of try, try and right the wrongs there, you know, like, and... Well, that's you know, what it was. Um, I think that was a beautiful moment as well whenever they were talking and then he kind of just takes the thing out and sees that and then just see him Bump. fall over. But um, again, this that doesn't mean... Oh, no. He won't no. be back. Because, <clears throat> to be honest, based on his performance, yeah, I would love to see him back. Oh, yeah. So, so would, but... I doubt very much you're going to see him. Never in, say never. I doubt you'll see him in Infinity War, the next one after that. But down the line, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if we see him back at some some point. Um, well, that's us pretty much towards the end of the movie. That kind of leaves us with the very last scene and the post credits. Post credits scene is. Don't, my, don't 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 well, go post credits just yet. Oh okay. The story comes full circle mm-hmm. at the end before the credits. Because we see um, T'Challa and his sister Shuri back in Oakland. Yeah. And it's revealed because basically T'Challa has realised through it all, 
yes, Wakanda needs to be involved more in the world. Mm-hmm. We can't just hide like his dad was wanting to and the, all the Black Panthers Who and rulers. ship out and sell on eBay. You know, the whole rulers of Wakanda done for generations past, mm-hmm. you know, keeping themselves to themselves. We really should help, you know, share our technologies and stuff like that. And that was part of, obviously, as well, what Naki had been wanting as well, which yeah. she kind of was a guiding hand in that. But it's shown that he has bought the buildings and the building in that area that um, Killmonger's dad was killed in. And mm-hmm. it was basically going to get turned into sort of an embassy and technology place Yeah, uh, for Wakanda there. And he just kind of <laughs> clickers this, the ship to kind of just land in the in the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the wee kids are all running around it and seeing it. It was kind of like a very quick coming out of, you know, nowhere party. It's like, who are you, mister? And then that's whenever it kind of ends. And uh, that's where it ends. But post-credits. Mm-hmm. Overall, what do you think? Are you talking about the, the but, one but, before, the very, not the very, very end one, but the, that one? Something that could have just been tied... Somebody was saying, it wasn't Natalie you said to me, or...? Somebody said to me that they seem to be getting very lazy. Oh no, it's my friend Karen actually. He said that they seem to be getting very lazy. I would agree. With post credits now. I would agree. Um, especially the um, Spider Man Homecoming with Cap at the very, very end. I think that was done on purpose. Oh yeah. You no, know, it was like done that, on purpose. Yeah, but. But you were sitting there and you're like, oh, you. I, I was like, as soon as I came out, of it, I knew I was Team Iron Man for a freaking reason. <laughs> um, but that was something that uh, could have been done in the movie. Yeah, I like the scene and um, this is where probably I think they were the most heavy handed in -hmm. what they wanted to say. Yeah. Especially with everything that's going on in the US at the moment. Um, I've got the line in front of me that he says, because this is obviously speaking to the UN, Mm -hmm. you know, finally properly Wakanda, you know, coming out. In times of crisis... The wise man builds bridges. The foolish man builds barriers. That is probably the heaviest sort of thing for kind of modern politics in the world right now. Not going to discuss it or deal with it or anything like that. You think of that sort of stuff as you want. Um, But yeah, it probably could be at the end of the movie. Now, I think Ryan Coogler came out and said he felt he wanted wanted that final scene in Oakland to breathe. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why you put it mid credits, but yeah, it is one of those ones that you could have seen it just as kind of the tail end, and it almost kind of I'm not gonna say it parallels, but it all, it kind of has a hint of Iron Man one sort of thing where Tony kind of just came out and said, "I am Iron Man." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only it's a country. Yeah. Coming out and saying, "Yeah, we've kind of got yeah a lot got of stuff st- here. Good stuff here. We'll we'll come and share it." Um. And our friend Robbie Rebel coming out and saying how silly does he feel now that Thanos shows up. I'm not so sure about that. Um, because again, technically this should be 2016. This is happening in because it's the same time as yeah. Civil War because it just starts after Civil War. Um, and it was funny as well. I forgot to say, it was funny whenever he was watching about his father dying and it was BBC News. And it's like... Oh, I, Zemo getting sentenced <laughs> yeah. for the bombings and Civil War and stuff. Um, but then the end of credits... Bucky and Wakanda. My least favourite part of the movie. I cannot, it was nothing. I cannot. He is my least favourite Marvel character. He is one that I could happily do without. Um, I think because 
you know, if, like you say, it was nothing. It was a thing that was there, fair enough. And I think this is maybe to get people excited that obviously we know he's in Civil... We know that he's in Infinity War. You know, like we knew that from the trailers anyway. But, you know, whenever she was saying that she's been looking after him. So do the other people, does T'Challa, etc., know that he's been dethawed? Yeah, kind of and, thing? and cured of his mind condition and yeah. stuff like that. I find it very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Not so much because it was a bad scene or anything like that, but you're like, the next movie's Infinity War. Yeah. You were expecting that sort of moment, but- like where you saw with uh, Loki speaking to Selvig about the Tesseract. Oh, oh, that's something we'll take a look at. Yeah, but when was the last movie that we saw that kind of tied into another movie. A while. You know, and it's a been while. a while, you know, like, I think the last one was, like, Thanos getting an Infinity Gauntlet and saying, like, oh, if you can't get other people to do, do it, it myself. yourself. You yeah. Know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's... Because, like, what was... What, it's, stuff? we've got ourselves now into that territory. Yeah. Of hyping ourselves. Yeah. And they've kind of, I think they've almost been trying, I think that Spider-Man Homecoming scene with Cap was trying to, mm-hmm. them kind of pushing back. Yeah. Saying, guys, okay, whoa... Probably the last one that really jumps out at me is the scene that eventually ended up in Civil War of when uh, Cap and Falcon had Bucky. Yeah. And we're talking to him in that either, scene. Either that or whenever Doctor Strange is talking to Thor. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that one there would probably be the only other one that I can realistically think of. But no, this, this, this post-credit was pretty lacklustre for me because I was just like... Because I thought if Bucky was going to show up at some point, he'll show up in the middle of the main movie or something like mm-hmm. that but I can probably get the reason why they didn't Yeah, because there probably would have been and again not to get dodgy or you know try to cause people any anger or anything like that there would have probably been a lot of anger if people saying oh here's this white boy coming to help these guys you know I don't think, it's, I don't think it's that but you had you didn't need to put a kind of established character into it yeah it wasn't it isn't his movie yeah it's not nothing to do with him and to be honest with you, he's just one character I just can't abide with. I don't mm. know what it is. I think it's maybe the fact that, you know, like in Civil War, he's the reason why Captain America and Iron Man fight each other. Yeah. It's because him killing Tony's parents and all that. Yeah, you know, I get the whole, you know, like he's had his mind washed and that kind of thing. That's wonderful. But no, definitely it was one of those ones that I was just kind of, when it was over, I was like, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, just with us heading into the Infinity War, well, you're just like... That's funny that whenever the last, the most disappointing thing of the film is the end part, which has nothing to do with Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, yeah. In a Black which, Panther Which, hey, at the end of the day, it's the movie you're there for, really, oh, yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Totally. So, and for me, the movie pretty much nailed it. But I wonder if Infinity War will have an end credits thing which will tie into Infinity War Part 2 which will be at the following year or whether it'll not be something stupid like that. Because all yeah. the stuff's filmed. Yeah. So we shall see. But no, I definitely think really, really good movie. Um, I will be going to see it again mm-hmm. uh, to see exactly how I feel and then I will look at my overall ranking that I have for the MCU and see where exactly it it slides into that. I think that that's something we need to do before Infinity War is rank our movies there. For MCU? For MCU. You know, from Iron Man, you know, like all the way through to Black Panther. Yeah. And to see where they come 
you know, because I think we already know our bottom two. Yeah, 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 we won't, you know, we won't talk about that. We'll no, save that for but that. We know our bottom two, but we don't know our, our top two. Yeah. But I think that would be something that, you know, because we've been talking about talking about some Marvel movies closer to the time of that to kind of gear us up for that. So I think that would be something that would be good to see. That'll do us then. I think for so. uh, Black Panther and general chit chat, bottle of um, water is empty. Chris's bottle of water is gone. Um, yeah, we came back finally from our three and a bit odd year absence, saying we're not going to do long episodes. Fine. This is over two hours long. I was just going to say that. But at the end of the day, those, in my opinion, are the best sort of shows you have. Is where you just go bang, 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 mm-hmm. and there's conversation, and you just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I hope you enjoyed. Uh, all of our chit chat let us know what you thought of the opening segment as well especially with our little kind of news articles and things of interest for us i really enjoyed that i think that could nearly be its own show sometimes because we fairly talked about those as well yeah that could be an option in the future where we just go sort of a new specific show we'll see if it's a quiet time or whatever and we'll go from there but thank you all very much for listening everybody feel free to get in touch with us um, Twitter is probably the best place for that. I'm at Alan GW Price. That's two L's and an A. Um, you can also get Chris on Vinto316 on Twitter, at Retroshock316 for the podcast Twitter. Anything else you'd like to say, Chris? Um, well, just thank you to all the old listeners, and we've seen, noticed some new ones. Who've got in touch. Yeah, so we've got, thanks, Scott, and such for that but you know like um, we appreciate the feedback from the first episode and hopefully we'll get stronger from that um, you can also uh, subscribe to me on um, YouTube Ventomania no and um, <laughs> as I said before just like I do some blogs I really need to update the latest one because it's to do with like DC TV because I did one to do with DC movies um, and it's Ventom316.wordpress.com and uh, yeah, um, thanks for listening to us babble on about Black Panther and such. Babbling on is the key word. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we will see you for some more babbling next time. <laughs> <laughs>